The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. It's all quiet on the Western Front. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. We tell you every week. Every fucking week. Every single week. Every single week. We are here to podcast. Don't listen to Nash. Nash doesn't know what he's talking about, I'm telling you. Uh, I am the enforcer, John Mack, and I am joined, as always, by the nature boy, Mark Crowver. How are you doing, Sunshine? Not bad. Back again. Excited. Any windmill in action this week? No, but plenty of uh, Ric Flair drip. Well, it goes, we want a bitch, as we all know. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm in the early stages of uh, some sinus issues, but you know I can uh, <laughs> muddle through and uh, get me get me game face on for war games because you know Arn Anderson has uh, rallied the troops and I'm, I'm, I'll go to war for that motherfucker. Telling you, <laughs> he can lead anyone into battle. That guy. Yeah, yeah he can. To be fair, <laughs> I wish he was my dad. <laughs> Um, right, as always, we are going to take you down that idiot path to Cressonville, the long and winding, moronic road that it is. It's been fairly heavy this week. We've uh, we've had to actually leave people off it. One person <laughs> in particular who's uh, who we just we're just bored of now, and Mister Meltzer, fuck him. <laughs> so my first one, we've got two each. My first one is a guy that a lot of people are quite high on, but I think he's. It's a bit moronic. I know he's a heel on telly, but you know he's he's, a, he's still moronic. Uh, his old uh, Samuel Guevara, mm. the uh, the flippy floppy uh, young man. Uh, this has not got, got nothing to do with his missus because I know that's why he gets hit off every fucker. He's got hit off me because he's done a bloody promo and it was fucking appalling. And he's going, <laughs> "Hey Meltzer, where are my stars?" And I'm like, "Oh fuck off, really? <laughs> that is that is what you're wrestling for." For this pillock <laughs> again it's like don't put it in a fucking promo don't just, just why would you do it do you know what i mean it's it just it just underlines the point that everyone thinks every fucking aw is wrestling for Meltzer and a mark and, for themselves and an absolute massive mark for themselves i mean i've seen sammy Guevara's matches i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend them to anybody really they're, they're all right i guess Spotty a few decent ones, but nothing, nothing to write home about. Yeah, what's your what's your take on old uh, Samuel? Pretty just ambivalent to him. I don't really have much to say about him. I didn't mind him. I thought he was all right when he was in the inner circle. I just think he's just like he's lost his way so much that he he went out on his own and he's he's found his way back to Jericho. So this is not a good sign, <laughs> is it? So yeah, I mean the promo that you're referring to is, is pretty pretty short, pretty shocking. He's also he's also been sort of teasing some sort of dissension within AEW, and no one gives a fuck. <laughs> Not a single person no. gives a, a rat's ass. Like oh, if he walked he's, out the door, he's hardly top tier, is he? <laughs> if he walked out the door, would anyone really care? Because I don't think I would. Ty Conti, maybe. Well, yeah, that's possibly the only plus. Not even called that anymore, is she? She's changed the name to Ty Mello or something. Ty Mello. Yeah, something like that. Some sort of copyright issue oh well <laughs> yeah but i mean he's, 
a, a shit promo going on about Meltzer is pretty cretinous, but it, it's not the most cretinous thing. No. Something's uh, irked you, hasn't it, this week? From a, a bit of a, a guy who's a bit of a footnote, really, you know? Works yeah. for the guy that draws the money, as they say. <laughs> yeah, what, what's his name? Is it Matt? I don't like his name. It's very, it's odd. It's hard, quite hard to say. I'll get clipped up here. It's uh, <laughs> Regal's yeah. co host, Matt Coon, is it? Matt Coon, I think it is. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, we're not, we're not very comfortable saying that word, to be fair, but it is his <laughs> name. So, yeah. It's C O O N, just to let you know. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not. It's K O O N. Oh, is it? K O N, sorry. Yeah. K O well K double O N yeah it's spelt different from the racial slur but still <laughs> still not massively comfortable saying it <laughs> no not really so he put a tweet out the other day I think uh, quite a lot of people have seen this at this point there was a there was a fan in the front row of Dynamite from Wednesday the, the last Dynamite that was it, I think he'd had a cup maybe one or two signs throughout the night and. He basically, the big one was he'd held up a sign pretty much in like the, the sort of closing shot of the of the of the episode, which said something on along the lines of CM Punk owns the Young Bucks, which it's not a, it's not an offensive comment by any means. It's no. it's him showing support towards another wrestler, well, someone who works there, but still at this point. But for some reason, this poor bloke. <laughs> Along, you know, has been getting flack for for days from it, and uh, and in particular, Regal's co-host uh, Matt put a tweet out saying he blocked, he blurred the guy's face out, and then covered up the sign saying, "Don't be this guy, don't be this attention-seeking guy," or something like that. Why is he an attention-seeker? <laughs> How many people bring signs to a wrestling show? You know what I mean? I know maybe not as much as the '90s or anything like that, but there's still a lot of people that bring them just because he's supporting someone that's not been billed as the 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 you know the the good guy in this piece that's that's been going around he's he's some this guy deserves to be tarnished or whatever for just showing a bit of support for someone um and i think there was even whispers of him potentially being asked to leave or remove the sign or something so i think it's yeah, ridiculous. There was, yeah. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I think it's pretty dangerous for him. I know, I know he's not much in wrestling, but he's he, he has a podcast with one of the top sort of personalities around, and he's putting things out like that. It's just it's just not a good look for me. It just came across as really like I don't know, just it, it quite quite insulting towards one free freedom free free speech for this guy to CM Punk, and he's obviously clearly believe in all the rumours or whatever's that's gone around from Meltzer and all this shit. So just just three layers of cretinidity for uh, Mr. Matt Coon there. I think I think the fact that he does a podcast with somebody who works there as well doesn't lend itself to uh being a good thing, does it? I mean no. Regal's Regal's quite quite tight lipped. Quite quite Switzerland, to be fair. Mm. He, he doesn't like to air other people's shit on the podcast and you know that's that's his choice but he did allude to something sort of during his podcast regal which i don't know if it was directed towards his co-host or it was directed towards the old elite because he's saying oh you keep everything else you sit down you talk about it you know i i will facilitate you know if if the person that wants to say something hasn't doesn't feel comfortable saying it to the the person's face. He goes, "I will go up and say, listen, so and so wants to speak to you." And 
it's just I don't know whether that was recorded before all that happened, but the timing is pretty much uh, spot on because it sounds very much like he's saying to the, the elite and that don't be fucking whispering to, to the dirt sheets because he's not a fan of that kind of stuff anyway, the dirt sheets from what I can gather. So I don't know. It's a bit cretinous yeah, from, just... from, the, from Matt Coon. Yeah, I mean, uh, I might, I, I probably sound like the BBC and bunk Mark going, but so what if I am? I don't really care, you know. I just think, I think it's pretty wrong the way that some people are coming out and just absolutely just rubbing this guy's name into the dirt just because of a bunch of absolute, like, school kids, aren't they, pretty much, the way they've acted. For, yeah. Like, I hate to, hate to like, bring up, like, I hate to bring up, like, Cornet and stuff like that, but him and Brian Last have been saying for months that these guys, it's all going to come out eventually about what they've been up to <laughs> and stuff like that. And I just think, I think it's, like, the way they've, like, it's actually quite impressive the way they've spun the narrative around for them to look like the good guys at this for me. I don't know how they've managed it. They are spin doctors at the end of the day. Yeah. I think but yeah, that's my uh, that's my first nomination anyway. Sadly, we're back on this topic again, aren't we? I know, I don't want to go into it too much, but like just that particular thing, because I think it was just a bit, there's just no need for it. I mean, if if the guy had a, a sign saying Young Bucks that owns CM Punk, would he have, would he have, would he have said that? Probably well, that's, not. That's the thing. We don't know it unless somebody tries that... Um experiment out next time and i think another one of the reasons why this guy got so much hate was the fact he had a cornet shirt on oh did he yeah that's another one of the reasons and everyone just seems to think that there you go then if you you like cornet you can't like aw why not (laughs) i like cornet and i like watching a bit of aw sometimes not every bit of it but no i mean see that's another thing as well like when you say oh I like some of it, I don't like all of it. People go, how can you not like all of it? It's like, you don't have to like fucking everything. Jesus Christ. It's like, there's there's, there's bands I absolutely love, but I can go, oh, there's about three songs on the album, not a shit. Or, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, not everything they do is, is stellar like it's made out to be. Like, every episode of Dynamite, if you look at Goofball's fucking newspaper, and he's everything's like four stars near enough, and it's like, oh, fuck off. It can't be um, right, can it? There's no it way everything's that good. But the booking as a whole, in terms of... It's not just about putting on matches. Do you know what I mean? There's no cohesion to it at all. Yes, in-ring product counts, but it's not all it's about, which it's is what I think he's, he's lost. It is cretinous, but I don't know if it it will win this week. We'll see. We'll see what uh, <laughs> our main eventer has uh, got in store for us. But before that, <laughs> I've seen I've seen an abomination, and again, again, it's fucking AEW based, and it's like these <laughs> bastards never fail to just turn up. Well, some it didn't happen in AEW though. Let Let's no, say it didn't. It happened at a, a show called Dolores, which is an odd name for a show from the Republic of Lucha, <laughs> which it turns out is is like a fucking shop or something owned by um, Ray Phoenix and Penta, I'd insert gimmick here, whatever he's called this week. <laughs> that motherfucker changes his name weekly, seriously. I, know. I don't even know what he's called now. <laughs> so, I don't know if they're in the ring, they might well be. You know, there's a, there's a masked gentleman in the ring, it could be him. Old Rick Knox is in the ring, refing, and... This is a man who, you know, makes the wooden tops look animated. <laughs> Corpse ref, as he's sometimes known. <laughs> I didn't want to go down and rob other people's gimmicks, you know. <laughs> we, we might get it. 
done for gimmick infringement. But um, yeah, so he stood there, and all of a sudden, this complete Burke just starts giving the fucking wrestlers Stone Cold Stunners in the middle of this ring, and it's like, fuck me, it's the most I've ever seen him do, to be fair, but don't do that. It's it's just cretinous, and whoever's booked him to do that, i.e. these two fucking tits, you know, they're the cretins, they're the Lucha Brothers for booking him to do well, that. They're their the favourite ref, because he never, he, never, he never enforces any rules. <laughs> Well, exactly, yeah, but Lucha barely has any rules, so it's like they're happy with it, but I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I know it's supposed to be fun, fun for the crowd, all, you know, 24 people that are there, but it's like, what the f- you know it's going to go viral. It's it's fucking ridiculous. You've seen it, and you? What, what was your take on it? <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? I think, I think I actually sent it to you. It was just like... It just popped up on my screen. I was almost in disbelief to a man who has about his personality as this table that I'm recording on, whipping out a stone cold stunner in the middle of a match. It was just, it was just beggar's belief, really. It's just, it's just top tier moronity. <laughs> the fucking Lucha Brothers are, are the worst part of it for fucking booking this shit, and it's, it's fucking horrific. He's, he's definitely with a shout. This lad, the Lucha Brothers and uh, old Ricky Knox, but um. <laughs> The main event today, because it's the only thing he's ever got a main event, so we may as well stick him on because he is a repeat offender. Um, <laughs> you know, he's a he's here most get weeks. His segment. That's it. <laughs> Eight out of ten most weeks, usually. Um, <laughs> get your cretinous behaviour. It's Mister Gilberti. Right. <laughs> it's a disco inferno. He's he's well and truly back again. One, when you think he can't do anything worse, he just comes out with some shit. He put a tweet out the other day saying, <laughs> saying, you know, this is Glenn Gilberti we're on about here. We're not talking about, you know, a legend of yesteryear. You know, he's an absolute <laughs> undercard comedy act. Basically, he came out and said, um, I haven't got the tweet to hand, but I'm paraphrasing slightly. He said, I, I, I'm better than 90% of the guys in the business these days. No, you're not, Glenn. You're just not here, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, he basically is he, said is that... He, is he doing like an Amiga gimmick then? I don't uh, know, maybe. He's running with that, isn't he? He said that and he said it, it's because I can throw a working punch or something like that. When we've watched him on WCW, he's thrown some sh- stinking punches from what I can remember, so I don't know what he's going on about. He basically has got the most overblown ego I've ever seen quite possibly in my life he thinks he's he seems to think he was some sort of star like it's, it, i just can't get my head around it <laughs> it's a, it was an integral part of the monday night wars mark he, he provided he provided the ratings that went through the fucking roof for wcw monday nitro fever they say <laughs> gilbert gilberty world order <laughs> he was the original plan before hogan i think <laughs> yeah he was he was, he was he was the big turn what a, he's, he's a, a more I do right again. This is the thing with Gilberti. You sort of the germ you've got of to his take him point, a little bit with a pinch of salt, haven't you? Yeah, but the germ of his point makes sense. Like, not many people can throw a good working punch these days. No, but then he has that's to it, take that, then he has to take that and like you know, morph it into this fucking weird let's get myself over, even if though it just... I've never been over. <laughs> Yeah, if he'd have just said, you know, I've won from what I'm watching recently, ninety percent of people can't throw a worker punch. 
it's not a, it's not a massively controversial statement, but the fact that he has to put himself over <laughs> like that, it's just no, he it's, can't help himself, can he? <laughs> no, it's it's ridiculous, and I don't even know what he does. Does he still work independence? Because I can't imagine this fucker gets booked anywhere if he does. I don't know. Doesn't he have a podcast or something? I, I, no idea. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure. He do I bet he does a few independent phenomenal. bookings. I'm sure his podcast numbers are through the roof. Him and Russo, I can imagine, I can imagine the like, I mean, the, the, the guaranteed the better than ours, but you know, we yeah. weren't on national, we, we weren't on national TV for fuck's sake. No. Apart from, apart yeah, from that one time on Crime Watch. <laughs> Sorry, Gene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Gilbert, he's back. I mean, he's probably going to pop up again in the next few weeks. He's just inevitable, isn't he? He can't help himself. But we've got a big decision. Four four nominees this week for the uh, for the cretin. What are you thinking? It's tough. I think it's got to be it's got to be the Lucha Brothers and that Bell End referee. I mean, it's just what the fuck was that? I don't know. I don't even. It might even be worse than the, the Orange Cassidy. You know, selling the fucking chop and try to tap out and all this shit last week. That <laughs> I was don't know. moronic, but. I don't know. Yeah, Gilbert's got the opportunity to pop back in, in the next few weeks. I, I think I have to give it to old Matt Coon. Just because just how just how <laughs> fucking pissed off I was about it. I was hot with that. It just wound me up somewhere rotten. So it's gonna have to be a shared I, award this week. No, no, I'll relent and I'll give it to old Matt Coon. You get the wooden spoon. First appearance. First appearance, and hopefully it's your last because I do listen to you every week. I don't think you're wonderful, but I like Regal. So, yeah, you are the credit of the week. Well done, Matt. Now, <laughs> re- rain it in, sunshine. No one cares about you. <laughs> However, oh, we move swiftly on. I know what everybody's been waiting for. They're talking about it. I can hear the chatter. Has he, has he done something? Has he done it this week? <laughs> I don't know. What's he done? What could he possibly do that beats the woo wings? <laughs> oh, Rick Flair's back in another episode of Woo Watch. Woo! So young Richard, I say young, <laughs> but he's he's uh, he's on on the pavement outside some gaff in some nondescript city in America. But he's not alone. He's joined <laughs> by a grey bearded, convicted rapist, Mike Tyson. Now he's wearing he's literally wearing the jacket version of a Larry Zabisco shirt. <laughs> and he is he's smoking his Ric Flair drip all night long with Mike Tyson. Woo. But that's creating us in the first place. Because it's just the stud I mean I know I know weed's legal certain places in America, but the stud on the fucking pavement. Sorry, sidewalk. And, um, <laughs> and they're just and someone's filming him smoking weed like like it and it just screams to me. 13 year old who's having his first spliff and he's like oh mate mate film it film it film we'll it for me. We'll, we'll put it on youtube and um <laughs> i'll put it on my snapchat story and um but if you look at it right and now uh, this isn't me taking the mick out of him smoking weed it's, it could have it could be a, the analogy works with a cigarette as well he looks like do you know what do you know when you're a kid and you've got that mate who who's never smoked weed before or had a cig before, but he swears blind that he smokes it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it and, looks like he's absolutely just. And it, yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's never held 
it in his hand before. And I, it just looks awkward. And he's clearly doing it for a weird video. And it's like, just because just you got your name to some sort of gimmick doesn't mean you have to, you know, do that. But this is flair. He has to live. Yeah, he has to live that gimmick. I bet he orders woo wings every night. I bet he, you know, he smokes. He's got all this cushion he's flipping apart. He's got cover with Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah, he's got his health insurance with Mount Everest. You know, he's got he's got that blow. He's got that picture of uh, Andrade <laughs> and uh, his daughter blown up on his fucking wall, squeezing each other's asses. He's just he cannot. He can't do things half assed This guy, it's just. But it, it's, it's great entertainment in in the worst possible way. He's. And he will. And the, the jacket alone, it's it's fucking horrendous. I don't know where he's got it from. Is it not the same one he was wearing for the for the Munevis advert? I don't know. You know, I thought that was Paisley, but this looks like right. The shirt that Zabisco wears tonight on the <laughs> on the episode that we're reviewing tonight, it's literally the jacket version of that. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. it is. <laughs> Look at it. It's fucking dreadful. <laughs> Oh dear, Rick! You just but, need to stop, mate. <laughs> but the worst thing is, he's, he's continued affiliation with a convicted rapist. That's the guy who he makes did... his weed, though, isn't it? Tyson. I don't know. Is he waiting until his own... Kelly gets out of prison and he can chill with him for a bit? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's fucking weird, man. <laughs> oh, Rick! <laughs> he's never away, is he? For too long. No, no. I, you know. I'm all for second chances, but this guy's never shown remorse or anything. Any time it gets brought up, he just kicks off. So, yeah. well done, Rick. You're hanging around with deplorable characters, you know. It's quite suiting, though, isn't it? Because Rick, Rick's a very questionable bloke himself. He certainly is, and this is this is like how we have to separate, like, Nitro Flair from Flair <laughs> in general, yeah. which is hard to do because I swear to God it's the same fucking thing. He, I guarantee his his gimmick. I think he's so far in deep in his gimmick, he'd put Daniel Day Lewis to shame in terms of method acting. He's like he can't get out. He's he's firmly down the rabbit hole, isn't he? He's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, that was been this week's Woo Watch. I'm pretty sure that you know next week we'll uh, you know f- blossom with some more <laughs> flare activity. We'll see how at what levels of fucking cretinous it it gets to. With that, we are going to uh, go to an episode of Nitro tonight. We've got the night of September 1996 from Columbus, Georgia. Well, after last week, Larry, there is no doubt in my mind 
The balance of power has swung now to the new world order. Power, that's the key word. They have power in leadership, and I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but along with Mr. DiBiase's financial backing, they now have power in numbers, the giant being the biggest traitor since Benedict Arnold. Last week, as you talked about... So, we're here in Columbus. We get a... Uh... We get the uh, Larry and Tony partnership, our favourite two uh, Larry and Tonys. Uh, the, ba- the, balance, uh, the balance of power is now shifted. Uh, yeah. The, N- the NWO have power, leadership, and now money. Um, the giant is the biggest traitor since Benedict Arnold, and he's, he's synon- the name Benedict Arnold synonymous with traitor in America, apparently during some sort of war. In the yeah, 1700s, in the war, not it might have been the War of Independence, something he was a traitor. Who knows? We don't care. So, how is my question to you, Mark? Is how was the giant the biggest traitor since Benedict Arnold? He was a fucking heel. Is he not forgetting that Hogan did like the biggest heel turn in like wrestling history like two months ago? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think he's clearly forgot that. <laughs> like, this is a brain-dead statement. And I thought his bits before that were quite good as well, where he was on about the power and the leadership, the money. And I thought that was quite good. It was nice and concise. And then he fucked it. He always fucks it with some shitty analogy. Do you remember last week he was on about, like... He was on about, like, the five powers of the apocalypse or something. He was just, like, waffling on. Oh, it was... Uh, no, it was uh, the world... Uh, the empires, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he he tends to just go down some weird little metaphors. He just doesn't quite deliver it, which is weird because he, he sort of has good moments and he just ruins it with bits like that. It was an odd statement that. Um, yeah, we're we're very much the Larry Zabisco of podcasting, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they also recap the uh, the whole business with DiBiase and and obviously the Giant, of course. And and they also leave the question of, you know, who's the fourth man in the uh, in this in the in the cage match? Because obviously the giants occupied with Savage, so we obviously don't know that at this point. I'm sure we're going to find out very soon, though. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> we uh, we get to our opener. Not exactly something to get out get you out of your seat. It's uh, Pat Tanaka without a mask. Versus... Yeah, I, I thought that because he was was the El Gato or something. El Gato, right, yeah. Al, Pat Tanaka versus Super Callow, which was his fragilistic expialidocious. <laughs> this is his debut on Nitro, despite getting a title match at the coming up pay per view, which is strange. <laughs> and apparently, Super Callow was named by the top rat group in Mexico. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, that was, I didn't uh, know that, but that's what Mike today said. I don't know. He just well, he just literally said the top rap group, and they apparently they picked his outfit for him as well. So it's oh, well, concrete. We got we got them to blame then because his outfit is fucking horrific. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> he wrestles with a hat and sunglasses on for fuck's sake. Yeah, it's it's not great, is it? And the, and to 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 further that, the match wasn't great <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we cut. We cut outside for a moment. There's some. <laughs> there was there was some youths outside handing out NWO flyers as well. Uh, some some youths. Some youths. Some delinquent youths have been recruited by the NWO. Uh, handing out some flyers. Um, they call it Zabisco clean shirt and stuff like that. 
Um, the only the only comment I actually had on the match was there was a really nice set out power bomb t- counter by Tanaka. That's pretty much all I had to offer in terms of thoughts on the match. Anything for you to add? It's me, of course I do. <laughs> so, so old Pat Tanaka comes out and he's wearing fairly ring, racist ring attire, like the, the sort of classic, you know, I say classic, yeah, <laughs> like Fu Manchu garb. Super Callow's dressed as like a fucking hip-hop invisible man. He just, it's <laughs> odd. He flips in, showing off. Starts off all right, arm work, reversals, kicks by Tanaka, uh, leaning heavily towards martial arts. So, um, Bischoff loving it. will be happy. Yeah, big cross body by Callow, then another. Tanay puts him over like he does with any luchador. He turns Pat Tanaka inside out of a clothesline, which was quite nice. Yeah, the shades of the hat thing that are sewn into his mask are weird as fuck. We see a somersault plancher, and that sends Pat to the concrete and Callow into the rails. Like you alluded to before, kids in NWO shirts carrying boxes and reams of A4 paper. We'll see what happens there. Pat hits a, Pat Tanaka hits a thrust kick, and then that uh, massive power bomb, sit down power bomb that he mentioned to Pat as a as he was trying to do a hurricane rounder attempt. Pat has him up top, and he goes to gut, uh, goes for a gut wrench suplex, but Callow's supposed to sort of land on him for three, but it's an absolute botch, and it looks fucking turd. Yeah. I thought it was pretty inoffensive, but the like the woeful finish. It was a poor debut. It just it comes. It makes him look lucky. If you know what I mean. If you want yeah. to put this guy over strong as a threat to Rey Mysterio, it makes him look like he's like. So it's he like when the it. heel sort of yeah, like a heel flukes a win or something, or yeah. like when you know like Chavo or somebody beats like the big guy or X Pac yeah. beat you know Razor or something. Yeah, uh, they're both sort of similar sizes. It, it didn't need. I thought I thought it was a shit finish, mate. The, the match wasn't great, but it wasn't. It didn't I think upset the, me. The, the finish set the tempo for the night <laughs> for for some of the other matches. Anyway, I thought. Yeah, um, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a match show, was it? <laughs> not particularly. But we we obviously we finished off our opening contest. We go backstage, and Gene's back there with with Rick Steiner. Gene goes to ask about the, the controversy in their match against the, the Wooden Tops last week with Nick Patrick. Um, and for some reason, Rick uh, is blabbering around. It's like they've made him into some thick, fat, thick fucker. He's talking about... Uh, well, that was, that's was that been his gimmick for about fucking the 10 years, or the 8 years or whatever previous. He was, he, was, um, he was a dumb fuck. He was like a naive simpleton and he used to have a, a face drawn on his hand and he used to, and he used to pretend to talk and everything i've so never seen like, we've not seen that on the on the ones we've seen though have we no no this is i'm talking like late 80s when he first debuted he's always been portrayed as like a bit of a naive simpleton and yeah he was carrying that on he does it well <laughs> yes yeah, so i i wasn't actually aware of that so that wasn't that's news to me but yeah they he basically was just waffling wasn't he he was like, I, we had them beat last week. We had them beat. The match didn't even get started, Rick. No. <laughs> the match barely got going. And then um, and then Luger's, uh, Luger butts in. And actually, you know, I'm going to give a bit of credit to Luger. I thought this was quite good. I thought this was quite good, this oh, bit. Um, really? He was wooden as a yeah, fucking chair. Like... I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. He said, um, Luger says he's a great tag team partner, but this is he said, he was just, he's talking to Rick at this point. He said, you're a great tag partner. But this is singles action, and he's focused, and he's you know he's in his A game of focused ahead of war games. Thought it was inoffensive, did his bit, got his point across. 
but the main the main point from the 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 promo segment was no single mention of the cop car the the grand theft auto no. last week luger luger's just bit. walked in you know he, he should have been in, in cuffs after that uh, he shouldn't have turned <laughs> up in that trail, I'm afraid that's the, that's the biggest point i got from that any further any further discussion there no i thought it was pony as fuck mate <laughs> i really did it, it was, but I didn't it. like the Rick Steiner bit because he just, he just, I'm just well, waffling. Without, but... without context, yeah, get yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit like it was a bit Eugene esque, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, similar. I know, yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. But like I said, I didn't mind the Luger bit. I mean, I, I very, very rarely give this man praise, but I didn't mind this little bit from him. Um, I'm sure that uh, obviously you didn't like it, but that's fine. That's okay, absolutely okay. fine. I can't, I can't, I just can't watch him. I just can't do it. It's, he's, he's so, it's painful. Wooden as a chair leg, that guy. He really is. Proper wooden. <laughs> and then we get the first 30 seconds two. of gold, mate. Yeah. 30 this seconds is good. of fucking pure gold. <laughs> the following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You want to kick butt like the NWO? You're either with us or against us. You gotta be wearing the official t-shirt. Buy that shirt! The NWO t-shirt for just 20 bucks plus $5.95 shipping and handling. Call 1-800-NWO-0242. All proceeds will go to the Ric Flair Retirement Fund. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. NWO paid announcement. Very short, very quick, very nice. Little short package. Buy that <laughs> I was just about to say that little short package just promo in the classic NWO t-shirts for twenty dollars or something they're selling it for. But most importantly, all proceeds go to the Ric Flair Retirement Fund. Pops me, big. That was brilliant. Uh, nice and short, just did what it needed to do. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> there was small little little things in there that just I thought were class, like an independent mail, an independent mailing address. Great. Mm. Says uh, Georgia and Florida, don't forget your sales tax, and it'll take two to three weeks. Uh, yeah, it's like twenty six dollars, right? So that's how much would that be now? Twenty, like nearly twenty quid. I mean, the, the US dollars dropped off a cliff, mate. It's like that one point one zero to the pound. Yeah, mm. dreadful. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's quite expensive for back in the day. Yeah, it is. It is. But it was fucking great. It was good. It was really good. But then we got to something that, that wasn't good. <laughs> First, did you not see when it panned back to the to the crowd and there was a load of kids with homemade NWO t shirts? Yeah. So you could I mean, tell that like you could tell that the, the it's big time getting over, wasn't it? I think they tried to skip away from it quite quickly though, didn't they? They, they the sort of camera cut quite quick away from them. Which was good. Yeah, that's true. So we got that quite wonderful little very short vignette promo package whatever you want to call it to something that was that we've we've discussed regularly over the last however many weeks um and we actually made you actually made somewhat of a prediction which has come to fruition in this uh in this timeline you basically said that glacier all this build-up all this build-up and they're probably going to de- you know debut him on some kind of saturday night show or some house show or something yeah yeah <laughs> He's absolutely bang on. They uh, they showed him getting in the ring with with his you know his his, his funky music that's been on the vignettes and 
doing some like karate moves off the top rope and stuff, little spotlights. It was very high production value for him. Um, well, I've got I've got the actual figures here, Mark. <laughs> go on, go his on. Ent- his, en- his entrance, no word of a lie, half a mil. No way. Seriously. But just one entrance his, uh, or just the whole package? Like, that's how much the whole package cost with the snow and everything. Um, oh, my God. His ring gear, as in mainly what he walks to the ring in, 35 grand. Yeah, it's embarrassing that you wonder why WCW went out of business. <laughs> Eric Bischoff spends money like water, basically. Yeah, and they just let him. That's the funniest thing about it. No, that ho- I was listening to that the the Nash podcast last week, and they were going through the Hogan contracts. Obscene, yeah, absolutely obscene. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. For like four pay per views, he was getting like fucking two mil for four pay per views. Man, crazy that I know. Six- 60% of the fucking merch or some shit. They made no money on any T-shirt, Hulk Hogan or NWO, ever. Was that only... That was obviously only for his merch. It wasn't for other people, was it? It was for NWO. Like yeah, the whole, right. all the, Like, the end, every NWO T-shirt that sold, he got 60% of it. Like, nationally, he never made a penny on them. Neither did Scott Hall. Crazy that, Hogan, I mean, they lost money on everyone. It's mental, isn't it? Really is. It's, um, it's ridiculous. But back to, um, back to another... You know, waste of money, Glacier. <laughs> basically, yeah. this whole package is playing, and he's he, you know he's he's sort of jumping around in the ring and stuff, doing all sorts of martial arts poses and stuff. And and Larry's like putting this fucker over big time. He's like saying he's a master of karate and he's master of this, he's master of that, and, and he's going to make a big impact according to according to Tony. I don't think he is. No. <laughs> I really don't think so. I'm glad you you put that because my my exact words were Larry reads a Bischoff penned a list of martial arts. <laughs> it's fucking that's clear clearly Eric's little say this please go on. Don't forget to get this in Larry. Come on, come on. Yeah, <laughs> going on about flipping Kukan Kindu and flipping Jeet Kundo and all this kind. Can... Uh, no idea about any of it. I just know judo chop. <laughs> judo chop. <laughs> Aston Powers style. That's it, mate. <laughs> So yeah, that was shit. I'm sure we'll see him on. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see him on. I'm sure we'll see him in Nitro in the next few weeks. I'm actually quite intrigued to see him actually enter like the arena just to see what it's like. The full blown entrance is like. It's gonna be quite funny. And then we got um, a tag match. The uh, the debuting amazing French Canadians. Any context on them? I wasn't quite okay. With... So so they were in the WWF on. Recent, like recently in 1996 as the Quebecers. One of them is Jacques Rougeau from the Ru- the fabulous Rougeau brothers, a.k.a. the Mountie. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And the other one is Carl Oulet, or Oulet, whichever you want to pronounce it, also known as PCO and, and was the Ring of Honor World Championship quite recently, uh, Ring of Honor World Champion quite recently. Yeah, remember uh, that. Yeah. He, has, he has one eye. <laughs> Thank you for that, John. Um, You're welcome, son. <laughs> so they're the they're debuting the French the amazing French Canadians, their full title versus the nasty boys who are featuring very prominently on TV at the moment, which annoys me. So um, the mouthful though, the amazing French Canadians, isn't it? Just just I know they can't call yeah, themselves the Quebecers, but doesn't quite roll off the tongue, does it? No. Just call um, yourselves flipping whatever Jack and Carl. <laughs> Nasty's got a decent pop. It was in contention for Tarrant, but it's not quite there for me. 
good. Yeah, it didn't quite get there. I mean, it was one of a one of it was a very poor week for Tarrant this week. So it's I don't know if you're going to like who it went to. <laughs> That's fine. I'll 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 take my medicine with a with a with the stoicism of uh, of of the Queen. God bless her. <laughs> So one one of the Canadians grabs the mic. I didn't know which one it was. Um, they start Jack. singing that the Canadian national anthem. So always a good way to get heat, I guess, against an American crowd. Um, it's in the mid nineties, yeah, yeah. But they get the words nailed. <laughs> yeah, they they were they were quite off it, weren't they? I think I think that makes it funnier, me, and I think that's why it gets heat because they, they make such a big deal of it, and then they don't actually <laughs> fucking know it. So it's I just I, I thought it was funny. It's a classic. Yeah, it was quite funny, actually. But they got absolutely nailed by the Nasty Boys, though, didn't they, straight after that? And we, we see some more people handing out NWO flyers in the um, in the, the crowd. And then Larry goes over and grabs one. He's like, give me them here. He, he throws some of them in the crowd and stuff, and then he grabs one. He brings one back. Well, I can't remember what the, 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 the flyer said. Something like, you've seen... You've seen bad, or you've not seen enough or something. I can't remember exactly what it said. Did you get it down? No, I didn't get it down. I'm afraid, mate. It was it was uh, moving too fast for me. I think it was something like you think you've seen bad, you've not seen anything yet. Some, something along those lines. Yeah, it, probably it's just propaganda, wasn't it? It's, yeah. I thought it was a gr- I thought it was a really nice touch. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I think it was quite. It was. It, I think it, was, it makes sense, doesn't it? If you had like some sort of like rogue movement, you would try and like recruit people, wouldn't you, in the crowd? I think it was a nice little little touch. Yeah. Nice little touch. Hey, no swear to you. <laughs> I actually thought the French Canadians looked quite good in this match. Yeah, me too. I've got some of their uh, so they do some really interesting double team stuff, like the sort of backdrop esque double team. Like uh, yeah, that like was a good. Boosted can- like a boosted cannonball into Sags. Larry, Larry then calls the NWO propaganda toilet paper. There's some more nice. There's quite a bit of nice double team stuff. Uh, slamming Carl onto Sags, and then they did this sort of. Elevated top rope sense on thing twice. That was like, that was interesting. That. Yeah, and it's also quite interesting that Carl who lets the bigger guy and and Jack's small and he's not small but he's smaller. Yeah, and he's the one sort of helping the bigger guy do it. If you I, know what I, mean. I haven't seen any, I haven't seen many moves like that. I thought it was quite innovative, actually. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind a bit of the Quebecers slash amazing French Canadians. The Rougeaus, man. If you if you if you watch the Rougeaus in the eighties, they got some fucking heat, mate. They, I thought they were a good little tag team, but Jack Rougeau is a bit of a bell piece. But um, you know, got he's, some serious he's heat that... in the eighties. <laughs> well, he, he, yeah, he, well, he did. Do you know the story about um, Mister Perfect, like padlock the the Rougeaus bags and all that, do it, ribbing them or something like that, and they thought it was dynamite kid perfect didn't say anything so they confronted dynamite and he kicked shit out of jacques rougeau or something and then jacques rougeau's like get tries to get him back so he's got like a roll of quarters you know in his hand yeah and he popped and he waited like a couple of weeks and he pops dynamite and knocks like his front teeth out and barely he, he barely went down dynamite kid and yeah and, he, and, he, and after that apparently he was never the same again he just he couldn't stand being humiliated like that then he just became really? like proper fucking angry, you know, wanker. It wouldn't be an EVP then. No. <laughs> no, no. He would no be an EVP. Did not get the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it, it, I thought it was actually all right. This there's a nice solid tag match. I don't like the fact. I, I know the Nasty Boys are a bit, you know, on the edge, but they're not like the 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 portrayed as baby faces, aren't they? So them sort That's of like of WCW, really, yeah. So them sort of like grabbing the the flag and clocking one of them. I didn't like that too much, but I suppose it works because they are a bit like pretty much like we're in it for ourselves. I guess uh, it, it wasn't as egregious as it as it could have been. And I think the Sags covers for free. Yeah, and I thought they finished with shit because mm. you've just given Sags that that move twice. Yeah, I know the pin got broke broke up, but Nobs lamps Carl with the Quebec flag, and and it's just it was nonsense to finish. It was like it makes no sense because it just makes them look weak as fuck. Yeah, because they're beating because some like debuting team, like they're having to use was like that like like a thin piece of wood. And it's like it made, but it makes Sags look fucking invincible because he couldn't get him with that, with them two sort of cannonballs off the top ropes. And it, I think, like you said, I think the Canadians are all right. I mean, hopefully, I don't think they do anything, but you know, they're another solid team to have on the on the roster, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't mind seeing them again against the Harlem Heat or someone like that, or even the Steiners or something like that. That'd be quite, quite interesting. Just. Just a nice yeah, little yeah. five minute TV match or something, but then we uh, we get our we get another appearance from Gene. This time he's down in the uh, in the ring with the Nasties. Yeah, he's uh, the re- recap jumping Harlem Heat last week. The Nasties are fucking over. They really are. The crowd loves them. Yeah, Sags is really calm, and everyone he says everyone's pointing the finger, saying they're NWO, and um, all they're asked about is Harlem Heat and the belts, which. I quite like that attitude. It's like, I'm on no one's side. We're all about us. We don't give a shit about anybody else. Nobs is calm for a bit too, and he reiterates basically what Sag says, and then he starts yapping. I think it's the best promo they've done that we've seen, but it was average, but it's their best one. They keep getting asked the same question, don't they? You know, your mates of Hogan and all this. It's like, we've never seen that ever. So it's like... Why, why are you asking them the question every single week? They've already said they're just sort of in it, doing it for themselves. They want the tag titles. And it's like, but this, like you said, it was the best one they've done. But it's like, it's the same material every week, isn't it? This is it. I mean, you can't really expect them to pull pull up trees if they're, you know, getting nothing to get the teeth into, really. No, that's it. But nothing offensive from the Nasty Boys. I didn't think I'd ever say that. I mean, I, I think the whole segment with them wasn't wasn't too bad. Apart from, like you said, the, the finish wasn't great in the match, but I'll let that go. <laughs> we got on to our next match, which was billed Ooh. as a hold versus hold match. Isn't that just a submission match? Pretty much. <laughs> um, well, literally, yeah. Yeah. So it's Sergeant, Pickman, Sergeant Pittman's back. I haven't seen him in a while. No, we haven't actually, to be fair. It's been a couple of months, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, he's accompanied by his... He's probably on the YouTube show. <laughs> he's accompanied by uh, his his manager Teddy, or Teddy Long, against Scott Norton. So it's like that feud's coming back. I think the whole like Teddy Long's camp against Scott Norton by the looks of it. And they announce it's Norton versus Ice Trainer's submission match on Sunday. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> I feel. I, I know it sounds stupid, but I feel like this could have had. It could have been a nice undercard feud if they've actually done something with it. Like there's a couple of nice little bits they've done where they've done like attacks in like like events and stuff, and I thought it was quite different. I thought I didn't mind it, but then they've just it's never on TV really. It's sort of do you know what I mean? Like it's they've been, sort of not yeah, really been, done out with it. 
no, it's been booked poorly, but at the end of the day, all the sort of underlying feuds are kind of getting pushed to the wayside and nothing being put in with them because the NWO is the the angle, the, biggest, the big angle, the biggest thing at the moment. Yeah, it was pretty short, really. A couple of big head butts by Pittman. He likes to use this big meaty head, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, goes outside, bit of a tackle of the guardrails by both men. You know, a couple of big boys going at it. Norton's got. Pittman locked in like an arm breaker, you know, like an arm arm, arm bar type thing for ages. Yeah. Really long time he's got him in it. And Teddy's sort of just staring at it. He's not really, he's sort of got a towel in his hand and he's sort of like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to do it. Here comes Ice Train and he's like dungaree type outfit. Strange looking <laughs> gear he had on. He throws the towel in for Pittman and then he gets in the ring and faces Norton. Obviously, you know, a bit of, bit of heat for their match at the weekend, but I don't really. What was the whole point of the the, the towel throwing in thing? Just why isn't he just tapping? Uh, which I found. You know what I mean, I don't think tapping became a proper thing until like the UFC got a bit of a bit like, major coverage. I thought it was pretty poor. Yeah, they mentioned at first that um, Pittman and Norton both have their own submission moves. Norton's got an arm bar, arm break, or whatever you call it, and Pittman has the code red, which I genuinely can't remember what that is. I don't either. So, no idea. No. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a bit piss poor. I mean, he works the arm, but it, it was about two and a half minutes long. And ice train throwing the towel in makes no fucking sense. And then when they have the face off, nothing happens. Norton just walks off. But you know, it makes Pittman look like he's you know legit because he didn't give up. But mm. other than that, <laughs> nothing else to report. Just, pretty poor, just it? carrying on the weak trend of today's yeah. show. Yeah, it was. But we got something a bit better next, though. Definitely a bit better. We certainly did. We got uh, Gene with Flair Ann and one half of the Wooden Tops. <laughs> Back in the locker room area, joined by Lex Luger, Arn Anderson, Rick Flair. I, had, I, I thought I had the components here for the team that was going to be representing World Championship Wrestling. Ron rolled down. Luger, worst thing. You got double A, you got the Nature Bowl, we got the package, worst thing. We got a fight going on Sunday. Where is your partner? Before you go jumping down my throat, nature boy, I've been there in war games with you guys. I've been a horseman. I've been in on the strategy sessions. I know what the importance of this match is. I have the same mistake that you guys have at stake. Sting's here. Steiner said he saw him in the back. I don't know where he is right now. It's unusual because I always tell Sting what do to do. Do me a favor, will you? Tell your story walking. Where's Sting, brother? Hogan, outsiders. Next Sunday night, the show is out. It's live. And the fire god horsemen and Luger and the whole thing show up. What about that? Hey, brother. He's in the hey, bag. Wait a minute, Mongo. Chris Benoit. Can you smell it, Gene? The ship ain't even sailed in six days and the rats already jumping off the ship. I told you guys not to count on these guys. Stay in the horsemen. We'll see what happens. All right, you've got to settle down. What's your thoughts on all of this, Chris This Benoit? is what the thought of filling our shoes has done. What's going to happen in the cage, Lex? He's just not here for an interview. The stinger is, is in Where the is building. He? And Gene, if there's one guy, and you guys know we can count on for war games, we can count on the fight for World Championship Wrestling, it's the stinger. He's always been there. He'll be there in six days. You can count on it. Let me tell you my mindset, okay? Forget about the fact he's not here for the interview. I've called ahead 
to Winston-Salem to get myself a hospital room because I figure I just might need it. I expect to get hurt at war games. So does he, and so should you. And so should Sting because you see when you walk in war games on the cage, you've got to put all that on the line if you expect to get all that. Hogan, you took a baseball bat to me. But I was in the right up in your face the very next week. So apparently I got more guts than you've got talent. You tried to put my eyes out with paint. You should have used battery acid. That's what I would have done. You lit this fire. Now it's going to burn you all to the ground. I'm certain the horseman would be more than happy to jump into this place without Sting. Gentlemen, I thank you. Next Sunday Hollywood night, WCW, meeting the NWO double cage and, of course, double ring. Stay tuned. We've got more action live on Nitro. What a Monday night. This could be like two-thirds great, I've put. <laughs> yeah. Because there's, there's too much Luger in this show already for me. Flair, Flair is in like an outfit that looks like a granddad on a Sunday. Like, <laughs> Sunday best. Yeah, grey slacks, grey polo shirt. I'm just waiting to see if he's got driving gloves. Uh, Joe, you know I mean? it's it's that kind of shit. Ten minutes no, late. There's, <laughs> there's no sting, and we wonder why. What's happened to Sting? We get a very wooden Lex Luger again. No idea where Sting is. He says, Flair goes on one. Mongo and Benoit turn up. Mongo says uh, the ship's not sail. The ship's not even sailed yet, and the rats are already jumping. Meaning, Good like line. Sting's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I'll give Mongo that. No babies, though. Piss poor. Benoit says, "Fuck all." Really pointless. Really him being there, isn't it? L- that's it. Luger says you can count on Sting, and then here he comes. Top tier, Arn Anderson. His mindset is he's going to call ahead to a hospital because he expects to get hurt. Loved it. And so does Flair, and so should the wooden tops. He's <laughs> he's got more guts than Hogan has talent, which is fucking superb. And um, true. He says you you attacked me with a baseball bat, but I was in your face next week. He said they sprayed him with uh, spray paint. They should have used battery acid because he would have because yeah. he's a ruthless motherfucker. And he said the fire will burn you to the ground. Absolute corker. Absolute corker. Yeah. And it just it hints at the dissension between. The wooden tops and uh, the horseman, which is obviously the underlying issue going into war games. What do you reckon? Yeah. Like you said, a lot of good. L- Luger ruined his good streak with me. He actually started it all right. He said he's been there, done it with the war games. He knows the strategies. And then he just started waffling. You know, he was talking about, he, he doesn't know where Sting is. He, the Steiners might have seen him backstage. He was just going on and on. But once that had been done, like you said, a bit of quality came out and Arn just, just knocks it out of the park every week, doesn't he? He's just world class. Lines with so much like vigor and just pomp, and it's just like everything's so good. You can't, you can't say anything. You can't sort of shower him with enough compliments. He's that absolute like standout for the last two months of telly, isn't he? Pretty much. Yeah, without question. I mean, the the gravitas in his voice makes you sort of want to go close to the screen to listen to make sure you catch every word of it. I mean, the last two months of Arn Anderson have been pretty. Flawless, I think. I think yep. in in ring on the mic, I think the guy is uh, is definitely up there, wrestler of the year for '96, as far as I'm concerned. Definitely, he's world class. But yeah, we got uh, um, we moved on from that. There was a little recap of DDP and Eddie and at the Clash of the Champions, and also a little recap of Chavo's surprise win over DDP on Nitro. Uh, I quite like that, that though, because Eddie's not been on telly, so it makes what. Page did and the diamond cutter looked fucking legit. Yeah. Yeah, so he keeps he's like he's kept him off tally for a few weeks, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it was good. It just keeps everyone fresh. Like everyone remembers, obviously, because it wasn't really featured on like in terms of them being there at the arena, but it keeps it in the mind. You know, this is coming up on Sunday as well. Don't forget about that. So I enjoyed that's that. It, nice it. and quick, nice and short. And then we got to this. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a lot to be said about this, I think. Well, let me just say one thing. The first person to come out was uh, perennially injured Mickey's centre back, Lou Diamond Phillips, Nuno Betancourt number one. Joe Gomez. <laughs> I haven't seen it. We haven't. Uh, speaking of people we haven't seen for a while, we haven't seen him in, in some time since he. I think he debuted that four-person group that lasted a week. <laughs> so that was the last time we saw him. I think. But he's against the returning uh, Hoovy Hooven to Guerrera. Just hope he doesn't get put in for an interview afterwards. This because um, that was painful. <laughs> or, is that, or as I like to call him, the Luchacorn. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that then? Because uh, his mask has a unicorn horn on it, and he is a luchador. It's a, it's a classic, you know, amalgamation of words. I put here this 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 reference doesn't quite hit as home as it did when I first watched it. I just put uh, Joe Gomez fresh off his shocking display in Naples. Um... Uh, yes, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> he got, he got some pieces by Cavaradonna, as they call him in Naples. I can't even <laughs> say his first name; it's it's difficult. <laughs> um, we also get we also learn that Guerrera is challenging Conan for the Mexican Championship. More on him later. Yeah, I'm not Go sure. Ahead. Is that a, is that a, is that at the pay per view or is that just on some random Mexican show? I didn't quite catch if it was. I believe it, the AAA title will be on. Fall Brawl. Will it? Right, okay. Fair I enough. Think, I think they've got they've got a New Japan affiliation and they've also got a AAA affiliation, I do believe. I mean, it harks back to uh, the present quite quite a lot, that, doesn't it? Yeah, but I don't think AAA and New Japan have got quite good relations anymore, from what I can remember, from what I've heard. But uh, maybe not right, maybe well, not as much as, uh, as these days. This this match was, was just beyond shit. Like, <laughs> yes, like, it was. It was like I got, I said to you the other day that this could possibly be the worst match we've seen the entire run through, and we've seen some stinkers. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> this was just this was like Botchamania's dream, wasn't it? It was an absolute bag of shit. I was just watching it, thinking to myself, "What on earth is this? Like, what is going on here? Like, if you're trying to put someone over as like a as a threat in this movie." Why are you putting him in with someone who's quite, like we've seen nothing but shit from him in Joe Gomez? Why are you putting him in with that? Because power plant trained and you know, <laughs> homegrown talent. D- didn't we get um? Didn't we get Mongo and Joe Gomez at one point? And that should have been enough to just show that he's not someone you put in with someone who's like fresh to the to the in ring stuff, like especially in in your product. Yeah, it's it was. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the the logic behind some of these decisions, but. You know, we're just here to call it as we see it. So, uh, headlock, <laughs> drop down, shoulder by Gomez, drop kick by Hoovy, springboard flip, misses Gomez, sells it and bumps outside. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Baseball <laughs> slide. Apparently, according to Mike Tanay, Conehead is going for a, a Mexican gang look now. Yeah, that's, that's his new say. gimmick. Even though he looks like the incognito tab on Google. <laughs> if you're for a Mexican gang look in... In America, that's a surefire way to get shot, mate. Well done. <laughs> not, even, not even Mexican. I think he's Cuban. 
Watch Springboard Rana from uh, the apron in. Fucking Gomez is barely touched yet. He still sells it and comes in. Shock him. Gomez is crotched up top. Uh, Hoovy backflips, catches Gomez with a drop kick as he's jumping off, and then does uh, what might today call a hero con plancha, which uh, is essentially a springboard corkscrew fucking dive thing for free. Utter fucking wank. Horseshit. That's the word. That's the best way to describe it. Absolute <laughs> horseshit. Hoovy Guerrero is known for being an absolute botch machine. Like on his day. <laughs> On his day, he can do some of the most fucking mind-blowing shit you'll see, but his day is not very often. <laughs> he's, he's very much the Hatton Ben Arthur of Lucha. <laughs> or Paul Pogba. <laughs> or Paul Pogba. <laughs> yeah, on, uh, uh, moving away from that atrocity. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, that was really, really bad. We We actually got... A, another decent promo from old Nick Patrick. Thank you very much, Nick. Uh, Nick Patrick, come on in here if you would, please. Very good match there on the part of Juventud Guerrera. He just kind of wanders around here. But that's another story. Let's go back. Uh, recently, you made another call that I want to bring to your attention while I have you here. And if we would, let's let's go to the replay from a recent edition of WCW Monday Night. Well, last week on this television program, you disqualified Lex Luger. What's the story? Did you see that right there? He deliberately struck me. He deliberately, right there. Anybody that's watching can see that that man deliberately hit me. Wait, wait a minute. I think it was totally unintentional. is a disqualification in anybody's rule book. And he seems to have this vendetta against me, all because of the lies that you've been spreading about me. You've got to stop that garbage. Now, now, now listen. Patrick. Now, the thing that happened at Sturgis was a very unfortunate coincidence. It's something that happened. But now you've told all these lies about me, and last week he chases me out of the building. Now, why isn't he suspended for professional wrestling? Any other official that would have been chased out of the building in any professional sport, that man would be suspended. Now, why isn't he suspended? You know, if you take a look at it, I think they used it in a, in a court trial last year. The preponderance of the evidence is clear. Nick Patrick, you have been involved in way too many controversial decisions for this just to be coincidental. Oh, no, well, the people are all pointing their fingers at me because of you. And look what happened last week. You've got all the people pointing their finger at me. They think I'm the man. And then all of a sudden, in through the back door slips the giant. Slam dunks one, shatters the backboard, and puts it right down our throat. WCW's throat. Our throat. You know, I am WCW all the way, no matter what you say, and no matter what anybody else says. I am going to enforce the rules to the letter of the law. That's my job. That's what I'm going to do. Well, all of a sudden, uh, you show up being awfully flush. I mean, with these new cars, beautiful home, $23,000 Rolex. Come on, Patrick. I didn't just get off the turnip truck. Yeah, you may not have just got off the turnip truck, Mr. Mercedes-Benz, but these are all lies, and I can prove they're all lies, and you're going to keep pushing my buttons, mister, and you and I are going to wind up in court. Well, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I thank you very much, Nick Patrick. Right now, sir, thank you. Wait a minute, Gene, I can't Gene, take a hint. Gene, hold Tony. on. Hold on, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I believe we have something outside. Am I, am I told that we've uh, seen outside? The rain is coming down live here on Nitro, but they are, you see that flyers are being distributed right now. And those are, those are, that's Hulk Hogan and the outsiders in the rain putting flyers on the cars here at the arena, NWO flyers, as we are watching. So they are here. 
There you see the, that's the giant with that hat on right there. They are here, they are at the arena. That's the first time we have seen them tonight. And they are literally litter, littering the parking lot here, Larry. Well, you know, Hogan's still talking about what, four or five members? Look here. Wait a minute. That's Ted. That's that DiBiase. DiBiase is talking to someone in the limousine. I was just going to say, whenever you want to find out what's going on, follow the money. What? Keep your eyes on DiBiase. Who's what? he talking to? Well, I have no idea because the giant well, Hogan. go out and Good find job, out. Guys. I've got a job to do in Great. here. Giant Hogan and the Outsiders. There you see all four of them. They are in the parking lot. Right, and DiBiase talking to someone else. There is yet another person, and he's here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We'll have more WCW Monday Nitro as this news develops before our eyes live here on TNT. Stay with us. It's not my limo. I don't know. I got a white one. There's somebody else in there, fans. Yeah, he's pulling out the bag weekly now, isn't he? Yeah, he's 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 putting out some really solid promos. Uh, he's obviously being interviewed by Gene again. And he's obviously he's asking about the big call last week, DQ in Luger. He show, shows the clip, and he sort of just doubles down on it. Look, he assaulted me, he struck me, and all this, which I thought was quite funny. And then he and then he he, he sort of came for Gene. He said, you know, you need to stop spreading lies about me. Uh, and then he said, uh, a very heelish way, you know, why hasn't Luger been suspended for striking me? And and then and, and they both him. chasing him, out, yeah, chasing him out of the building. I'm more <laughs> worried he, he about said, why they haven't been fucking nicked for it for robbing a cop car and breaking <laughs> someone's window. Yeah, they're the bad ones. They've committed grand theft auto, chasing off a ref. Bloody hell. <laughs> uh, but he also reiterates that he's NWO all the way and he enforces the rules of the letter w- of the law. WCW all the way. Sorry. 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 <laughs> WCW all the way. I'm sorry. I was but just getting ahead of myself. NWO all the way. <laughs> oh. I was just getting ahead of myself there. Um, you know, you're off pulling the trigger quickly there. You know? I know. I know. Let it simmer. <laughs> <laughs> There's, um, uh, there's a really nice bit where he, um, where uh, Gene says, "Oh, I know how flush you are with a new house and this, that, the other." And he goes, uh, "I didn't get off the turnip truck." And then he goes, and Patrick goes, "Listen, Mister Mercedes Benz, I'll see you in court or something like that." <laughs> good, that was really good. It was great. I enjoyed oh, it. I really did. Um, and then we, we see some NWO guys. I think it was all of them actually. All, Maybe all not of them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was Hogan. Hogan was, was there Hogan now, was cars. Yeah, yeah. Putting cars out, putting flies on the cars. It's pissing it down with rain. It's almost pointless, really, isn't it? Yeah. But then we see DiBiase sort of talk to someone in the limo. We didn't know who. Um, is it this? Is it the? Is it the sixth man? It would be. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? The sixth man. The um, sixth in total. Man, yeah. And then we get um, someone that was teased earlier on in the evening: Rick Steiner versus Lex Lexi uh, Flexi Lexi, and. Um, we get the old uh, the dog barks. I still I'm still not sure if I'm going to include him in the Tarrant pop. I don't think I can. It sort of um, didn't quite didn't quite make it again. And then here comes the premier wooden top. Oh mate, there's pop. too much Luger on this fucking show. There really is. He's like a shop mannequin. <laughs> fucking... Right, here's a question for you: Has anyone ever looked more like a plastic action figure than Lex Luger? <laughs> I actually saw it's funny you should say that. I saw a I saw a someone like pull out like an old school figure of him and it was absolute likeness was superb and it was like a nineteen nineties figure. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that sort of it works. <laughs> he's fucking horrendous. <laughs> Larry, Larry Larry Zabisco, where he's fucking 
off. I don't know because he must have been smoking something. He must be having some Ric Flair dripping the brake because he thinks Luger's the man to get the belt back. Don't be stupid. So they give each other a handshake. Uh, then there's a there's a lock up, takes arm, headlock takeover. Luger works a headlock, then shoulder tackle. I'm like, bloody hell, he's wrestling. What's going on? Then it was a takedown by Rick, and then he started doing like sort of NCAA amateur stuff and works the arm and the neck together. It was interesting to see from my perspective, but I don't think it was very exciting for the crowd. Yeah. Uh, the crowd went a bit flat, and then they do our two mid-match, of course. Get it right, get it right one week. Can't do it yeah. the next week. Knew it, knew it wouldn't last. Fucking piss poor. Then the, that leapfrog power slam by Rick Steiner always pops me. It just always does. Yeah, um, superb, isn't it? Then they have a punch exchange, and uh, Rick gives uh, old Jurgen Luger an overhead belly to belly. Big Steiner line for two, and then an explosive lariat by Luger. I'll give him that power slam, and then he signals for the rap. Heenan says that Steiner isn't smart enough to give up, which is from what we saw before is probably true. True. Nick, Nick Patrick's down. He says something about Sting. Luger follows, and he gets counted out. I thought it was a decent match, and the count clearly serves a purpose. Yeah. DiBiase, DiBiase's at the limo getting a uh, piss wet through. Sting's voice emanates from the limo, clearly an audio, audio recording. You can you can sort of tell. But um, <laughs> he's, he's going on about trust. And then uh, the imposter Sting pops out and beats Luger, and the rest of the NWO join in. What did you think? Good of the match on the afterbirth. Really good. I liked it. I thought the match was decent. Yeah, uh, for me, for my eyes. Um, I think Luke is all right when you get him in there with someone. Do you know what I mean? He's not amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but you can get some out of him when you put him in with someone as good as Rick Steiner. You can. I've seen yeah, a lot of good matches know. with Flair and stuff. So you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's not. He's not my favorite wrestler of all time. Don't get me wrong when I say that. I've actually been quite complimentary of him this week, but. Yeah, I think I think he did all right. I think it was a good match. There was like a nice amateur style in the middle there, and a couple of like you know takedowns and and very much the you know, mat style like you were saying. And I just like that sort of explosiveness that they both had in certain parts of it as well. But there was also like mutual respect between them, which I thought was good. And then I really liked the um, like the afterbirth as well, like you said. Um, obviously, we know watching it now that it is. An imposter sting, you know. <laughs> you know, there's no point beating around the bush. We know that, but at the time, whoa, that's a big turn. Oh, and yeah, massive, saw, massive turn, yeah. Much bigger than the giant one in terms of like more impact. And I think I think the way they sort of hid it by like not showing like his full face or anything like that. But it was like that's yeah, that sting. Like you, on first viewing, you you would think yeah, that fucking hell, sting's defected and all this. Because you hear his voice, it's clearly his voice. Where you know whether he was in the limo or, it, like you said, if it was a recording or not, we don't know. But it's obviously not him. I liked it, and then obviously he gets backed up by all the all the all like Hogan, DiBiase, and then he's sort of they're all chased off by like a bunch of WCW guys, aren't they? So it's like I think it was Rick Steiner. I think I think some of the Public Enemy were there. I can't remember exactly who was there, but I thought it was actually yeah, really. It was, best, them, yeah. it was it was the best way to start the second hour. Because that's that's what everyone everyone's there to see, aren't they? Basically, yeah. Of course. I mean, I I think it works for the for this for Sting becoming like that crow gimmick, a, a, like this is the sort of genesis of that. But yeah. for the NWO, it just makes it a bit shit. Mm. Like the the giant. Obviously, we're looking back at it from you know twenty twenty two eyes, but 
the giant and sting they just didn't need it doesn't to do make it. sense to the to the original plan of it does it but no but they, they wanted eyeballs on the TV. It was all about ratings, wasn't it? And and mm. two big turns in in a week, or what are perceived as two big turns in a week. You know, it's going to make people come watch or buy the pay per view or whatever. Mm. I found. I also found it weird that uh, National Hall are in street clothes, like an NWO t shirt and jeans. Hogan full gimmick, full ring yeah, gimmick, full, full like tights and stuff. Isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Tibiossi finishes uh, Lex off which I thought was interesting. And then uh, Luger launches the chauffeur and walks past the two limos looking for it, looking for Sting. Hall, Nash and Giant and fake Sting are in the fucking limo, you dumb fuck. He's not even opening the bleeding door. It was ridiculous. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, I thought it was a decent segment, matching segment. It worked well. Yeah. And then we get a bit of Eric and Bobby. The recap last week, it was quite lengthy, this bit. DiBiase and uh, the giant said, uh, they finally, finally mentioned the wooden tops vehicular transgressions for uh, gloss over it. <laughs> yeah, no, over no it charges, no charges pressed no, or anything. Was, I thought it was really strange. Uh, then, they, then they recap the Luger attack by the fake sting, which has literally just happened. <laughs> Bischoff sounds like he's, he's, he's that somber. He sounds like he was announcing the Queen's death. <laughs> he sounds like he was about it to was... like just break down, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely fucking mental. Luger's empty in one limo. The other one's gone. Brian Nobbs and Rick Steiner are out with a brolly. The Canadians <laughs> are out. Scott Norton's out. The Monty, the whole fucking, the whole gaff's out, you know, 10 minutes after the fucking fact. Ridiculous. <laughs> did you see um, did you see Bischoff having like a, a subtle pop at uh, Mike today for questioning WCW's leadership and stuff like that? It's like, was there any need for that, Barry, and your new, like, commentary partner, like, two weeks yeah, in? There is like, no he was like, leadership. Which he made a good point. He was like, you know, what's going on? Where's the leaders and all this? And, and Bishop's like, yeah, you know, you've been here five minutes. You don't question us and all this. It's like, what? Is there need for that? <laughs> dreadful. So, yeah, then we get um, some cruiserweight action. We get um, old Rey Mysterio versus Billy Kidman, which I thought this could be decent, to be fair. Mm. I was wrong. Uh, you get... <laughs> <laughs> you get an Uber face Kidman out and he's always squashed, so let's uh, let's see what happens here. Ray Ray needs a music change pronto, he really does. I know Doesn't suit him at him, all. But it's so weird. And he's got uh, Riddler gear on. Yeah. Which was quite cool. So it's mad because he does the sort of superhero sort of Marvel comic shit, DC comic shit now or or in the two thousands. I didn't realise he did it that far back. Yeah. I thought it was quite cool. It was a nice quick start, as always, but that's what you expect from him. Uh, it was a nice stiff back elbow from Billy Kidman. He proper wants him with it. It was great. Yeah. Uh, Raiders the head scissors. Billy's out onto the rail. A reverse sort of Hurricane Rana type move by Ray. The back in, Ray springboards and gets caught with a drop kick. There's a slam, a big splash for two. A springboard sent on by Ray for three. Very brief. Decent enough. But, you know, Kidman squashed again. The, cru- the cruiserweight stuff's usually more competitive. They usually have, like, yeah. the most time, time on the thing. But this was clearly a let's get all the fucking angles in kind of show. And, yeah, all the matches were about two to four minutes long, I think. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really much to report, was there? There was only one little bit of commentary that just sort of popped. So it wasn't even to do with the match. Um Bobby Heenan uh, having a pop at um, Bischoff. Like you said a minute ago, he was like, Eric, you sound like you've just lost your best friend. You know, 
He has, though. I think him and Stinger actually legitimately mates in real life. <laughs> um, he was just overselling it big time, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. But yeah, it. like you said, the match was very, very quick fire. It was, it was. you, you barely, barely got a chance to get into it. It was so quick. But um, obviously, it gets the well, job done. Ray, Ray gets another win on the board. Yeah, nothing it, else. Yeah, exactly. Well, then we, we just had something extremely brief. Now, something that went for fucking far too long. The face yeah. of fear, who we are, we are big fans of. Because you know, if you're mm. not big fans of him, they might eat you. We're joking. They're not cannibals. That's a that's a commentary. That's a they are hard. <laughs> as, they are hard as a coffee nail, though. To be fair, just one thing to report. What? Sorry, before you uh, could. Why are the face of fear? Why are the faces of fear wearing Harlem Heat gimmick tights? I'm not having that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not having that. Know. They're like, they're like, <laughs> count, count on us, boys. We'll, we'll give you quintessential every week. <laughs> not these dickheads who, who put purple and blue on occasionally. Uh, and they're against the public enema, pubic enema. Sorry, I can't, I can't see Mengen Bar going through tables. Is what I've put. But you know, I stand corrected. You said the man in the orthopedic shoes. <laughs> well, that's, that's the one. Uh, Jimmy Hart looks a fucking prick, as always, as do the two tits with tables. It's like, they come out with a table. Fucking ridiculous. They get so it's pyro. Like we know it's going to get used. Exactly. It's, the che- it's Chekhov's gun theory. If you see a gun in the first act, that will be used a- along the lines. <laughs> so you get, they get pyro, and they're not even that over, really. They get a couple of ha- hand-waving... Yeah, yeah, it's, that little it's bit, yeah, it's weird. NWO and Stinger are big topic, like, that's all they fucking go on about, which I get. I've just put that double screen gimmick, best not show up, because that is solely reserved for the fucking public enemy. They're in, pissing about, and Meng just absolutely wants Johnny Grunge, like, proper wants him. And then it, it goes outside, of course. Oh, it's back, it's back, I fucking hate this fucking <laughs> stupid gimmick, honestly. It's it never ridiculous. takes long. It's fucking everywhere. <laughs> And then Meng, Meng does something to grunge and he grabs a chair. And then I'm like, well, fuck me, that symbol of WCW realism is back, the leprechaun. Starts running <laughs> what around the ring about? for what the absolutely no about? point. I thought that shit had been canned. It's like they've got this sort of ultra realistic gimmick and they've got this Burke fucking running around the ringside. Don't even get involved. It's just changed Jimmy Hart and then, and then he's gone like 10 seconds later. Well, Pointless. I thought they were both in the dungeon. Well, yeah, uh, uh, utter, makes utter no shines. sense. Utter, utter, utter shines. Uh, stiff clotheslines by Barb, and it was just a bit start, stop, and like I thought the face of fear deserved better. And then it just cuts backstage to uh, to Gene with the horseman and uh, Lord Woodentop, yeah. Right, uh, I thank you very much, Eric Bischoff. Uh, we're back here, all of us very, I guess, very mixed up right now. Emotions are running high. Lex Luger, I tried talking to him. He's beside himself. Arn Anderson, for the record, maybe you can sort out what we saw earlier on out of the parking lot here on Nitro. I'm not disturbed that Luger lost a friend. I'm not sad that I lost a teammate. I guess what I am is standing here in shock because the only constant sting over the last 10 years since they actually bought the company was you. People went here, people went there, people changed attitudes. The only one thing that you could always count on was Sting. Sting was the constant. I got a sick feeling in my stomach. I'm in shock. I guess the only thing I can say for the first time in my life is I'm out of words. I'm speechless. But Luger, 
I gotta have an answer. What, what the hell is going on? Is everybody selling out these days? Who can you trust? You want answers from me? I don't have any answers. My best friend in the whole world out there that stinking, soaking rain just stabbed me in the back, Arn. And you know what? That makes this match the biggest match. Right before the biggest match of my career and everybody else is in here. Makes me want to be in that match all the more. It makes me, gives me the incentive that I've wanted. And let me tell you, I'm out of here because I know where he lives. I know where he works out. It's our gym. He's been my best friend for 10 years, and I'm going to go find him right now. You know, I don't know if you can if you can still trust this consortium or not, but maybe you can touch on it very quickly. Uh, uh, Rick Flair, we're running we're running short on time. Go ahead. Me, Jesus, start all this out. I've stood here. I've listened to it all. I'm sick of it. The confusion is over. We're the horsemen. We're Arn Anderson. We're McMichael. We're Benoit. We're Flair. And if Luger wants to ride, he can ride. We're going to war games. Hogan, Nash, Hall, Sting, when they lock the door of that cage, four of us will walk out. Four of us will pay price that only God will know about, pal. That's it. War games, we're the horsemen, and Winston Salem, by God, we're coming to town. All right. They don't want the spot. I'm looking at two right now chopping at the bits. Hollywood. We're dying for it originally. By God, maybe they'll right. end up with it. It's a fight to I'm the death. Yours, not ours. Gentlemen, let's get back to you, Eric. Like ours. Give me the call. He's baffled by Sting. And Luger just won't talk. Jurassic Park. <laughs> I, well, I well thought we were onto a winner there. He's like, Luger doesn't want to talk. Superb, that'll do for me. And then, just when you thought this show couldn't, couldn't get any worse, and Anderson pulls it out of the bag again. Absolutely. <laughs> he, said, he said he's not sad he's lost a teammate. He's not sad that Luger's lost a friend. But he was shocked because WCW's lost its constant. Mm. Like, you know, there you go. Um, he said you could always count on him. He said he's speechless. Even when he's doing I'm speechless, he still knocks a fucking blinder out. Yeah. And then the double screen gimmick's back with that dog shit match in one corner and fucking the promo on the other. And then Luger with his wooden emotion has no answers. He, he's got he knows where Sting lives. He knows where Sting trains. And he's going to find him and then fucks off. It, absolutely <laughs> woeful. And then Flair comes out and he's like giving it confusion is over. They're horsemen. Yeah. Luger can ride with him, but he needs to know that he's, he's in with the horsemen kind of thing. He, he's fired yeah. up the book. And um, Arn says, closing line, it's a fight to the death. Yours, not ours. Brilliant. Great. I know this map's match is absolutely shit, but why are we doing a promo in the middle of the match? What's the point? Because it was better than the fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a good point. I don't know. So, we cut <laughs> back to uh, we cut back to the ring. I don't know why, but uh, Meng's working over Rocco and he levers grunge. They're all in. Big mess. Rocco does a kick hope spot and it's cut off by Barb. Double, I tried to keep up as best as I could, to be fair, mate. Double team with headbutts. Meng lands a stiff fucking kick and then an absolute lukewarm tag to grunge and then they're sort of selling that sort of racist racist Samoan Tongan hard head thing which is fucking ridiculous and it's been around for ages every single person of sort of what they what they call island heritage like Samoan Tongan Fijian like snooker Rikishi everyone like that the wild Samoans they've, they've all got these like 
craniums that are made of fucking steel or something. It's utter bollocks. They really are trying their best, but um, it all breaks down. And then the fucking the table's already fucking set up. Uh, Barb puts Rocco on the table. I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Barb dives on Rocco. Rocco fucking moves. And Barb goes through the fucking table. He does not need to do that. He doesn't need yeah. to do it. It's utter piss poor. It's modern, that, isn't it? Just sticking daft, daft things like that on a, on a TV. So, I mean, there's no DQ. Fucking Patrick's refereeing, obviously. Uh, <laughs> then you get another, another table in. Absolute fucking yawn fest. Meng is with the two tits, and Meng's on the table. I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell, here we go. Rocco yep. does a moonsault. He fucking knees Meng in the gut, the daft bastard. As he's doing it, that's where he catches him flush. Meng just fucking no-sells it, right? Clocks Barb's him. back in. Barb's back in, the, the scary fuckers. And Meng chokes grunge and the fucking bell rings, right? And Barbarian genuinely looks like he's legitimately calming Meng down, like Meng's going to go fucking... That was real, that. Him. 100% Definitely. that was real. Because he's caught him with his knees flush, and Meng just pops up, no selling it. And Meng's a consummate professional, man. He would have yeah. sold it if that's what he was meant to do, right? And Barb's like sort of holding him and he's like whispering in his ear. It's like, please don't fucking... Because he, they, them two could... Even Jimmy Hart gets in as well, doesn't he? He's like, yeah. calm down, calm down, calm down. Yeah. Could tear him like a fucking chicken wing. That was the best bit of the match. The fact that, <laughs> the fact that I'm sat there going, fucking go on, go on, lad. go on, go on. <laughs> and I, I know I was... I was Praying that he'd, but you, we'd have, we'd have heard about that. Haku Haku got sent to prison for like disemboweling someone on live TV or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was just awful, absolutely awful, mate. It was piss poor. And then we get Gene down with the rest of the dungeon. <laughs> Fucking pointless. What did you think? Woeful, just beyond woeful. You know that, that's the only word I could use for it. I hate the public enemy. They're probably the worst thing on the show. Like they're worse than the nasties now. Like they've oh yeah, them. infinitely, infinitely. But yeah, like, like, even if the, you think about at it, at least the nasties have got a bit of bit of crowd support, you know, and they actually can talk. This public enemy, useless, not a fan. Um, and nasties with 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 and nasties with certain people can get a good match out of the public enemy. Do their fucking match, and that is all they do. And it's got to have a yeah, table, it's tables down every time. It's garbage. Obviously unsafe, you know. You take it must take some take some doing to get Meng to fucking you know like you said he he's a tough motherfucker but he's professional as out and that was definitely real you know I, I thought he, I thought he was going to break up break down at you know on TV that I was sitting there going whoa hey hey what's going on here because because that wasn't uh, that wasn't part of the plan obviously especially with Patrick like you know quickly just to call it off no, <laughs> um, yeah. It was a shocker of a match. I really just don't want to see these fuckers on my screen. They're just the oh, worst. Them. Cannot They're stick really bad. Apparently, like, they even... had a lot of heat backstage, apparently, according to Sullivan, because they were so fucking sloppy and and shit. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, did a little bit of a, a recap, and he then slipped up and calls him Haku. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had to address that later on, didn't they? <laughs> it's funny as fuck. But yeah, we've got uh, we've got Gene in there. I think he made that because he was like, you know, like this is this is Haku we're yeah. talking about here. <laughs> yeah, well, Heenan used to manage him, didn't he? He was in the Heenan family yeah. in the WWF, and it's like if anybody knows that he's a bad motherfucker, it's, it's Bobby Heenan, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, we've got 
we've got Gene in in the ring with the whole fucking Dungeon of Doom, and I mean, apart from that stupid leprechaun swat, Mini Mini Hogan's in a nitro shirt. <laughs> Hart, Hart says uh, he created the giant. Now he's got to destroy him. He says he's done. He's, he's it's the end, but he doesn't know it yet. Big Bubba, completely uh, completely off topic, starts happening on about fucking glacier. And then I'm looking and thinking, he's fucking Conan in the dungeon. Now. <laughs> Why is he there? <laughs> and then and then he starts talking, and he's put like he's put like an uber Spanish accent on, like, like an essay. Do you know? Have you ever seen Next Friday? Yeah. With, yeah, with the three with the three like Hispanic guys, and they call <laughs> Little Joker, Big Joker, and Baby Joker, and he's, yeah, that's what it sounds like. And it's like, but it, the the maddest thing about it was. It was comical as fuck, but it was actually the best promo he's ever done. Yeah, it like, was. That we've seen. I'm just like, but he's doing that whole sort of essay and Holmes thing, like, you know, but with a really... <laughs> but he's proper, like, he's put the accent on massively. And Sullivan's uh, asking Savage to get uh, rid of Tenter and the Giant, and then the slate's clean, because last week, him and Haku, uh, Meng, carried Savage to the back. Yeah. Um, and then, this, that wasn't and then bad. he says... No, I thought, yeah, I thought it was good. He goes, you do the, you get rid of Tenter tonight and get rid of the Giant at the at the pay-per-view and the slate's clean, you don't owe us anything. And then he says, if Sting concern, anyone concern, sort of thing. Yeah, that wasn't bad. You know, Sullivan's not been great, but that wasn't too bad, actually, at the end. It was, it was quite, it was very much serious and it wasn't just odd rambling. The, the one part of the whole segment that was just doing my fucking head in there was, that Hugh Morris just sat there and laughing in the background. Oh, I hate him anyway. I think he's an absolute deplorable his human face, being. But... His face was just winding me up. I could just see him just going, <laughs> just like, just, you yeah. know what I mean? Just laughing in the background. I couldn't be doing with it. He's, he's got a face that only a mother could love on payday. And he's, uh, it reminds me of them, do you, know, do you know them hyenas? I think it's on the Lion King. Yeah. The Lion yeah. King, maybe the Lion King. And um, all, all they're doing is just fucking annoying the tits off everybody <laughs> yeah he's he's woeful he needs to go but I don't think he does no I don't think so but yeah all in all apart from that little brief part with Sullivan at the end it, it was alright it wasn't the best was it it never is really with the Dungeon of Doom <laughs> dreadful <laughs> uh, but then we get to paid announcement number two by the New World Order this one with a bit more substance to it Going announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. The demise of the WCW. <laughs> First take. Easy. We're not here for a stinking reason, man. We got a boss with us. Ted DiBiase. This is the boss. Ted DiBiase has more money than Ted Turner. He makes Ted Turner look like a pauper. Hey, this is his belt. We've already established who we are. I'm the world's champion, not the WCW world's champion. We've already established how powerful we are. Sure, we hit, then we split. I'll be the man! We've taken on our best, and there it is. Well, you guys back me up. We got your belt. New world order. World heavyweight championship belt. It's the rule of the street, right? You tag it, it's us. Hey, what about our fifth guy? I warned everybody, he did such a great job. Nobody believed, number one, who the fifth guy was when they saw him. I said... Next week, he's coming. The NWO has shaken the WCW to its foundation. They're rattled. Whether you like it or you don't like it, the NWO's here to stay. I've learned to love it. It wasn't like it was a big surprise. Change is inevitable. If you don't like that, 
You can stick. They want us so bad. They have agreed to this match. The question is, just how bad do you want the NWO? You know, this just didn't happen, man. They don't even know who they're going to face. Ted DiBiase, the master plan. It's been around for a long time. I've done this before, man. I stuck it to him right in the back. Feels good, doesn't it, guys? <laughs> doesn't it? Feel Don't you good? think they would have saw it coming? I mean, we're just now unloading on you, you know. It's a battle plan. You go in and you create confusion and chaos. They want us in that cage. Well, what do we get? First of all, our own segment on their show. We don't pay for time. Then we want our own. Uh, tag Team Tournament, NWO, we have our own segment, we highlight our talent, we beat you, you pay the bill. Hey, you know what I think, from now on, we're going to turn it like this, because it's NWO for life. <laughs> the preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. They they pretty much explain the scenario with DiBiase coming in, they sort of... They talk about how DiBiase has more money than Ted Turner. He's the boss. He's the you know the the money and all this behind them. <laughs> and then um, Hall says we we you know our mo is we hit and then we split <laughs> in more ways than one. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hogan, was, <laughs> Hogan was great in this bit. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I thought he was all right. Calm, no brothers, no let me tell you some things and all this. And it was good. And I thought DiBiase was the standout in the whole thing. Really good. Oh, he was belting, wasn't he? He was absolutely belting. Really, like, serious. Like, you know how he was a bit comedy with all, ha, 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 and all, you know, the Million Dollar Man stuff. This was dead yeah. serious. It was like, you know, I, we've come it, here, with, yeah. we've created chaos and we've created confusion and this is all down to us and all this. And I thought it was an awesome little vignette. One of the best ones they've done so far. Really serious do, as well. I really enjoyed do, it. Do, do, it was worse, isn't it? Nash doing that gimpy voice that he did. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't quite fit this one, did it? Didn't work, did it? What did no. he say? He said, um, "Here to stay, learn to love it," or something like that. And I'm like, "Oh man, no!" <laughs> we 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 pulled Hogan for when he's done the brother bullshit. It's only fair that we pull any of the others. I know that's fair enough. That's fair enough. It was slightly out of tone, wasn't it, for this one? Which, yeah. Other than that, I thought it was. I thought it was quality. What What do you reckon? It was it was odd from Nash because usually he kind of he, he can weigh up the sort of situation and he's usually pretty on the spot. I think he got I think they probably just recorded that t shirt earlier like just before this and he got a bit carried away. Possibly, yeah. Buy that shirt and all that kind of <laughs> shit. Hogan was great. It was it was they were saying stuff like um, change is inevitable. If you don't like it, you can stick it. Uh, how bad do they did he want the NWO like the Horseman and Luger and Sting? He says the master plan's been around for a long time, and he says Hogan says he's done it all before, and it feels good. Like you said, confusion and chaos. And then he says, what do they get if they win war games? They want their own segment. They want uh, a tag tournament, and he says uh, if they win, WCW paid a bill and NWO for life. He says they'll take the four Horsemen fingers. Turn it on its side for life. I thought it was really good. I thought DiBiase really added something. I thought it was really yeah. good. I thought it was good, yeah, definitely. And then um, 
Bobby says he's sort of after that play. Bobby was sort of he's saying he's concerned about what whatever other further plans NW have in place at, at Fall Brawl, and I think like. You know, we were talking about early on when it was the NWO and it was like three guys and it was sort of chasing off everyone. I think yeah. now that there's like six, possibly seven of them or whatever, it makes sense that there's a bit of fear and like, do you know what I mean? But I'm, it maybe isn't, maybe it's to the detriment of the group, but like in, in the set, you know, in terms of how it, it makes more sense in that way, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I mean, obviously from, from a purely logic-based you know what they were what the original plan was like like a WWF invasion like the giant and sting fake sting whatever jeff farmer that makes literally no sense but it's big yeah. big turns big moments isn't it so it made yeah. sense for their their tv ratings and pay-per-view buys but like you said with the added people to the group it makes them more feared hmm. more than they should well they, they should be more feared if you know what i mean they, they shouldn't have been feared with three guys and you had a roster of 30 or whatever yeah because um, at this point it's believed that they've turned their like white light haven't they they're, they're like white knight in sting and you know yeah at this point we don't know it's not actually him but you know they, they played that bit quite well i think whether it, whether it makes sense to the original sort of incarnation or not that's up for debate but i, I didn't mind it i think they'd played it quite well at this point then we get to um the weirdest main event I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's back, the shark. John <laughs> Tenter. <laughs> he's, not, he's, he's, he's not a fish. He's a man. <laughs> um, we haven't seen him in quite some time since his, you know, quality feud with Big Bubba. Must have took a bit of time off after that, you know, those five-star classics. <laughs> and And to be fair to the guy, I've got all the time in the world for him for keeping that gimmick going. What a yeah, that hair gimmick, Jesus Christ! His, <laughs> his missus must be like, uh, "I'm going shopping, John. You're staying at home. You can put, no, you're staying at home. I'm not walking down the street with that on your head." <laughs> Serious commitment to his gimmick. You, you've got. Uh... But, what did you What did you expect from him? The guy got his his tiger tattoo that yeah. he had as earthquake changed to a fucking shark. The guy, exactly. the guy, is full commitment to his gimmick. Here comes Savage Four. You guessed it. The hashtag Tarrant Pop of the Week. Good lad. Which is Blood which is a rightful winner of it. To be fair, um, I I agree. We almost I almost gave it to uh, to to Luger, but we don't want to give you that. <laughs> no, we don't. No, 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 no. We don't want to give you that. So here it comes. Bad of the night, Luger. That's all you win. Savage gets the Tarrant Pop of the Week. And to be fair, it was the biggest pop, especially when he came into the arena. Oh, massively. Resplendent yeah. in black and gold. Clearly prefers old <laughs> NXT. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming back, though, Randy. <laughs> uh, apparently, yeah. And he runs in. He, get, he, get, he strips off in the aisle, runs in and attacks Tenter. Tenter clubs him down, uh, does that shoulders to, mid, to the midsection in the corner. Um, he gets uh, Sammy gets a hope spot with kicks and punches. He tries picking Tenter up and gets uh, absolutely flattened. I always like so, that spot for some reason. I always think it looks it's a quite good. good. Spot. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've got to give him another big lad because uh, he's facing the giant. So, yeah. uh, and then Savage hits him with a chair. No DQ. What was that all about? Twice, <laughs> thrice, three times a lady. Fucking all the all the ref he's doing, he's just counting them out because they're outside. It's fucking ridiculous. And he gets up to the axe handle, and he does a big elbow twice. 
Oh, Tedward, Tedward Long's down. Tell Savage <laughs> to come with him. The NWO are back. So they leg it outside. The limo shoots off. The horsemen are out. Tons of others are out. Uh, they search the other limo. There's no doing. They find a spray paint and then a spray paint, a wet limo. They've got black spray paint and they spray paint a black limo in the rain. Not, doesn't take. It doesn't take. <laughs> Didn't have the impact they're quite looking for, that, does it? <laughs> no, it was... Uh, it was it was flat as a witch's tip, mate. Yeah, should have done that. And then we get back to the comms booth, and uh, old Heenan's uh, cutting a promo. But what did you think to the uh, Tenta Savage match? Obviously, it was barely a match. It was an ex- accentuating the angle. <laughs> you know, we talk about how like sometimes they just miss. You know, like they they make it obvious they're missing a DQ. I mean, they didn't even try to hide it this time. He's literally just clocking the bastard with three steel chair shots straight to the head. The ref's looking straight at him. What are we doing? doing One, (laughs) two, three. Is that just Macho just going off script and the ref's just going, it's already booked, I I can't do it. (laughs) Savage is is like DDP. Motherfucker never goes off script. He's one of the only ones, him and DDP, that used to plan their matches out to the, like, letter. So, what, so what, who, whose thought process was, right, let's have three chair shots straight to the head in the middle of this, and just the ref's just going to look at it straight and just deadpan it. Just odd. But again, I mean, it, it, without that, it, it does its job. It, it makes Savage look like he can beat, you know, a heavier guy. So if I can take away the most egregious of errors there with the, the referee, it did not it did its job. It was all right. The bit on the outside was, like you said, it was dumb. If it was yeah, like yellow spray paint like you had the other week where they were spraying Savage with that, that would have been all right. Or even yeah. white spray paint, you know, because at least yeah. you'd have seen it for... Well, at least they've actually oh. seen it as a visual. <laughs> but it makes no sense for the NWO to come in a white limo because no. everything's got to be black because, you know, black is the dark side. And the spray paint makes no sense for them to have white spray paint. But like you said with the yellow, they've only got the one can of that. Sadly, yeah. and they used that. They used that on Savage last week. But um, <laughs> then we cut back to the comms booth, like I just said. Um, and Heenan gives his uh, soliloquy. Work quite as well. Can I interject one thing? Say the least. I, I've managed in this great sport for over twenty-five years. I know mentalities. I know personalities. I know egos. I know exactly what's happening here right now. As you were set back by what Sting did, and how you had that gut feeling in your stomach, and how you wanted to hurl and make you sick to your stomach. That's what they want. And if we let them do that and get us on our hands and knees with our fingers down our throat, then we have lost the battle to them. We can't do that. Let them have Sting. Let Sting do what he wants to do. Now, we've all got to get together. Sure, they got the Giant. Sure, they got Hall and Nash. Sure, they got DiBiase, Hogan, and now Sting. And who knows who's left. But now we got to quit worrying about what they have and band together to stop them. If we don't stop them now, they can't be stopped. He says he's, little uh, he's been managing in this business for 25 years. Well, he says this this great sport. He knows personalities, egos. He says they're making WCW do what they want them to do. And he says we've lost a battle if they do. He says let them have Sting. Let them have the Giant. We don't. We don't need them. We just need to stick together right now. There's more. Like there's more of us than them. Tanae pipes up. Didn't mention anything Lucha, which was nice. Uh, he said uh, the NWO have won the battles, and WCW now needs to win the war. And then fucking Bischoff starts talking about his critics and all sorts of shit. 
and fucking Arn rocks up and cuts an absolute fucking belter for the third time tonight. Yeah, I, I, I want to say something. I'm not here to step on anybody's toes. I think the world's in shock. The world's outraged. But there's nobody hotter than the horseman. You see, this thing all began about 10 years ago with Flair, Anderson, Ole Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. And we paved the way, and we showed you how, Hogan. And it just occurred to me, as that gravel was flinging out back, what you want to be when you grow up. You want to be a horseman, but you just don't know how. So you're going to surround yourself with every cutthroat and every thug you can find. And now you even took Stinger away from WCW, the thing I thought would never happen. Flair even said the one constant in this life, whether you believe in Sting or not, but the one thing you can count on is Stinger. Well, we can count on this, Stinger. You crawl in as the fourth man like we know you're going to at war games. We're going to take your head off. My word to God on that one. I want to say one thing before we turn it over here. I may have made mistakes. WCW may have made mistakes. And maybe we didn't count on Ric Flair. Are you going to let me talk? Have. Huh? You going to let me talk? You can do whatever what you, you want to do at this point. What do you got the locked up back there for? We need to be out here. Hogan, you haul Nash. NWO Flash Sting, it makes no difference. We're going to war game. You know what war games is? That's eight guys in a cage, eight guys ready to bleed, sweat, and pay the price. And Sunday night, Hogan, Hollywood, Hulk Hogan, you'll have a chance to walk that walk. It says uh, everybody wants to be a horseman especially Hogan, and then the rest of them turn up. Then Flair interrupts Bischoff again, puts over <laughs> War Games big time. And then I just put here, just my last sort of thing, if it wasn't for fucking Arn and Flair, this would have been one of the worst Nitros yet. Yeah, you're not wrong. It was an absolute... It was a stinker for the most part, wasn't it? For 75% of it. Even even the angles, which obviously they're getting the angles in because it's the go-home show... To, to you know build anticipation other than the you know purported sort of sting heel turn i thought it was pretty weak all around it was just yeah it all just happened outside didn't it all in that limo area it was all a bit yeah there wasn't a much innovation to it i, I know what you mean and because um, the crowd can't see outside they can't get into it so it's uh, yeah, it was yeah that's it odd. i liked i really liked bobby's promo yeah really me good. too that was real. I, I love that bit, like you said. We, you know, just forget about Sting. You know, we've got enough guys here. We can do it. Uh, you know, we don't need to worry about one guy or two guys or whatever it was. I really like that bit. And again, like you said, Arn and Flair were just you were they were on top of the game, weren't they? On this one, it was it was really good to see. And Arn has been for weeks at this point. <laughs> and then Bischoff signs it off by saying, "Maybe I shouldn't have brought Hogan to WCW." <laughs> Something yeah, like that. Wit is on about regret, and it's like Bischoff ain't about you, mate. Just shut up. Just let let them have the last word. And then, as they tend to do when there's big things happening, they re- recapped all the action with a, a little, slight little replay just to send you home with that as the final image. Yeah, um, we went off there. Um, but yeah, like 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 we've just said, it was it was possibly one of the worst nitros we've seen. The only saving grace is is 
Arn and Flair. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't enough people of We Like Was. There was no Jericho, there was no Malenko, there was no DDP. There wasn't much Nash and Hall at all, really, other than those slight little bits and pieces in the segment. So, yeah. It's one of them, like, in terms of matches, it was utter shit. Like, the matches were turned as a whole. But if you're look, if you're watching that live in uh, 1996, you're going to be buzzing because, and you're a WCW fan, you're buzzing because it's like, oh, my God, Sting. Yeah. So I get that, but maybe we've not got, we've not got the affection for Sting for it to, you know, resonate with us, I don't think. No, I don't think so. And, like, obviously, we haven't been watching WCW from when he sort of debuted, when he was just been uber babyface, and, like, he, he is, like, the, the guy. So, yeah, it fell a bit flat for us, to be fair, but... The, the, the enormity of it, but... Yeah, so can I, but, you know, in terms of viewing it, yeah. it just, yeah, it was a bit flat, but... um that being said, we will go on to our uh, awards. Slim pickings this week, I do believe. Mm. It was what was your match of the night? Match of the night goes to it. Like you said, it was really slim. I'd have to give it to start Rick Steiner and Luger. To be fair, um, yeah, me too. The only Which match is... that had any sort of quality parts in it, really, with any sort of you know bit of bit of personality. Maybe not so much from Luger, but especially with Rick Steiner. But yeah, I thought that was probably the, the best of a bad bunch. Yeah, and I'd, I'd have to go for that too as well, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not very often you'll see me putting uh, Luger in that kind of category, but uh, as I said, slim pickings. MVP, I mean, if you're on the same wavelength as me, flare it down easily. Yeah, quality. Uh, DBS, he was a shout just for his little cameo in that bit. I thought he was good. Yeah, he was a bad... You'd have to give it to, to Adam, Adam Flair for sort of just the glue to the entire show, really. The only thing that kept it together, really. Well, that's it. We got a lot of we got a lot of Flair and Arn, and we got a lot of Luger. And when you when you in that many segments, you you know it, you tend to you know be a bit of hit or miss. You know, you might do one good bit, and then you know you can't keep yeah. the sort of standard. But they they managed to keep the whole like that sort of level of of quality throughout the show. Um, which is a testament to their sort of abilities and, and you know, experience. Yep. Uh, Disco Duck and Heart Award, formerly known as Dick of the Day. I am giving it to the fucking pubic enema, the public enema. Yeah, fuck them. Utter fucking horseshit. And, uh, yeah, Get on the wrong fair, side of Meng. Yeah, you're fucking, you're fucking with Meng. No, you're, you're a moron. Anyone and with a brain knows. On the entire roster. Oh, oh God, yeah. Table thing, right. but he's never on it really. <laughs> surely, surely, from what I can remember, watching Kevin Sullivan stuff, like interviews and stuff, he said Rocco Rock, I do believe, can actually work. He was quite good in Japan, apparently. I haven't seen anything, but if you could actually work, and you're going against these two, just don't don't bring the fucking table. You should know not to just bring play the it safe. table. <laughs> It can only end bad for you, boys. Yeah. Barnet of the night. I'm going for a, for a, a lovely, luscious Barnet tonight. It's uh, the lovely, luscious locks of uh, our good friend Meng. <laughs> what about uh, What about Joe Gomez? No, no. no. He doesn't <laughs> hold a candle to uh, our boy Meng. Tonga for Fita Haku. Mr. Mr. Haku, the original, the original gorilla, the gorilla of destiny. 
<laughs> you just giving him it to it just in case the odd chance he listens and he thinks that you might have been disrespecting him. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, I, I I will drop a, a, a we love Meng, we love you Meng occasionally just just so he knows we're thinking about him, just so he knows that you know if I ever bump into him or he tries to sell me a used car that uh, I'm I'm not a threat. Please don't break my jaw in half with your bare hands. Or, you know, whatever you're going to do, bite my fucking eyebrow off or something. <laughs> All right, then I'll, I'll let you have that one. We come in peace. Who's your Barnet? Who's your Barnet, then? Well. Leave it to Meng as well. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Well, now that uh, that one's in the books, and hopefully Four Brawl will uh, elevate our expectations for this oncoming thing I hope a lot so. more than tonight did because this 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 really didn't do it for me. So I don't really want to end this show on a down note, Mark. I mean, no. do I play a game? Go on then, let's play a game. So I've got a new game for everybody. You can play at home. This is <laughs> um, this is this is putting the theory of uh, old Kenneth Omega to the test that he wouldn't uh, have signed eight out of ten of the AEW locker room. In a new segment that we like to call Eight Out of Ten Cunts. <laughs> Based on the popular UK game show, quiz show, panel show, whatever you want to call it, Eight Out of Ten Cats. But with this, this is how it works. So I'm going to read off the first ten names alphabetically off the AEW mail roster this week because it's separated on Wikipedia, I'm afraid. So, And we've done it alphabetically so you can't, we can't just lump all the bigger stars in together and you know. So we want to try and see if we would hire more than two of these people. Because <laughs> he wouldn't hire hire eight out of ten of them. So we're gonna see if we can hire more than two. And we're not just gonna try and do it on purpose because Omega we want to prove Omega wrong. But we're just gonna see if his theory pans out. This could be a weekly thing. We'll see how it works. So I'm gonna read you ten names, Mark. Yeah, of the AEW roster, and um, all you need to say is if you yes, if you'd hire them, no, if you wouldn't hire them, and then we'll count them up, and we'll see uh, see who wins. You are Kenny Omega. <laughs> Let's go, Aaron Solo. No, Adam Cole. Yes, Alex Reynolds from the Dark Order. Absolutely not. <laughs> Andrade El Idolo. Yes, I would hire him. Angelo Parker. That's the JAS guy, isn't it? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And Angelico and Helico, which, whichever you Fuck want to no. pronounce it. Fuck no. No, definitely not. And Anthony Bowens. Yes, 100%. Anthony Agogo. He's a fellow Brit, so yes. Ari Davari. No. And Austin Gunn. Yes, definitely. Yes. So, five out of ten cunts, you'd hire. Yeah, not bad, 50% eh? (laughs) there. This week, uh, Mr. Omega, you are sadly wrong. And just uh, (laughs) just for proof of purchase, I also had five out of ten cunts. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, before Mark had done it, I would hire Adam Cole, Andrade, Bowens, I'd hire Davari because I do like a bit of Davari, mm-hmm. and I'd hire Austin Gunn. So we're on the same, but, similar you know, page. 
So that's been out eight out of ten cunts. Please do give us your feedback whether you want to keep this uh, little game going or not, because we're only on the A's. <laughs> it could go on for a while. <laughs> it's a big roster. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, not everything we do is going to work. Let's just be honest. Let's we'll see how it <laughs> pans, out, pans out. We do have a question. We just do have a uh, question. Almost forgot. Sorry. Oh, from, uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I nearly forgot as well, but it pops in my head as I'm in the middle of doing that. Do you want to read it out or do you want me to do it? Uh, you can do it, mate. Okay, so it's from a, a fan of ours, Dan. Dan, not Daniel, on, uh, Dan! on Twitter. Dan! <laughs> he's, he's not heard me. <laughs> um, he asked us, it's quite prevalent, really, because obviously we'd just, you know, go through the timeline of one of the big factions ever in wrestling. He asked us who, who we think the greatest faction ever in professional wrestling is. It's very subjective, of course. I'm sure we weren't agree necessarily. What do you reckon? Well, I can tell you it's not. <laughs> it's not the elite. <laughs> it's, it's what about the, the undisputed elite? No. It's not it's not even it's not the bullet club. It's not uh it's not DX. It's not evolution. Do you know what? Evolution was decent, I'll give them that. Didn't mind a bit mm. of evolution. My personal favourite is the Heart Foundation, but we only got such a brief run of them where it was uh, Brett Owen, Davey, Pillman and Neidhart. I thought that was fucking superb when they were heels in, in America and uh, faces in Canada. But obviously, of course, I'm going to you know go for Brett and Owen cause, and Bulldog because I love them and Pillman. But yeah. I think the best faction of all time for Horsemen. Subjectively, I think they are the best longevity. You know, the, the names they've had in them, Discount yeah. Luger and, and Paul Roma. Uh, <laughs> but like that that incarnation of them, and, and Anne mentioned it on the promo tonight. He, he'd saying like, he mentioned Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and all these people when you had like Tully, and Flair, and I'd say the second one with Barry Windham was probably the, the best one in terms of everything. Ole Anderson was good, don't get me wrong. But um, I think we've, like Wyndham being the sort of younger, you know, more athletic guy, I think that added another dimension to him. But yeah, that's that's who I think are the are the best uh, best faction of all time. What about you, bud? Um, I, I mean, we, I, from my viewing, there hasn't been as many good factions from probably when I was watching. Like you mentioned a couple of them, Evolution, pretty good. Not necessarily my favourite. I think the, the two sort of standouts for me, just in terms of like what I enjoyed watching the most at the time. Um, Undisputed Era from sort of NXT era, not what's happening now. Um, that's a faction that I just got behind from minute one, pretty much. You know, some some of the people in there, I'm not massive fans of anymore just because of recent outbursts. But, uh, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that carnation with... Well, even even the first one, you know, with Bobby Fish, uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, obviously Roddy, Roddy joined as well. Love that for three or four years. That was the the only thing that really I enjoyed watching. I had to tune in to see what they was what they were doing next. You've won just in terms of pure like one of the most underrated heel groups of that I've seen in my entire time watching, which was the Straight Edge Society. Well, um, I thought you were going to say Inner Circle. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's if anything, that's you know that's the most rated ever. That isn't it? That's not underrated. Yeah. No, underrated. I mean, 
like I say, it's it's, it's extremely subjective. Like you said, horsemen, you, you can't argue with that, really. And uh, you could put NWO in there as well, just in terms of elements of it, I've, like in terms of interest and intrigue. You know, I enjoy watching the NWO. Obviously, gets shitter. But I think I think those two I mentioned there, two that really sort of resonated with me. I enjoyed watching, especially Straight Edge Society. That's like, yeah. didn't last very long, but didn't last no. very long at all, really. But it didn't last long enough. But that heat that he got in that group was just insane, like for the time. And then that's that's one of the first times that I really got into punk, obviously. And you know, it sort of means quite a lot to me because he's, as we know, he's, I'm a big fan. <laughs> so I think them two in particular are ones that really stand out for me. Yeah, I was a big fan of the Straight Edge Saturn as well. I mean, Serena Deeb, we, we all like a bit of Serena Deeb. Gallows before he became turd. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, big fan. So hopefully, Dan, that answers your question. I mean, like I said, I think. I think the best is is the Horsemen, but they're not necessarily my favourite. Like the Heart Foundation are my favourite, and Mark's mm. going for uh, the Straight Edge Society and the Undisputed Era from NXT. Caveat: <laughs> NXT. It's important to mention that bit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's that's another one in the bag. We are firmly on the road to Fall Brawl because it's next week, guys. Um, hopefully, they will have. Uh, anticipation for it has not waned after tonight's show there are definitely some th- bits and bobs i'm looking for i am looking forward to the war games match it's like yeah it's that's like. gonna be on yeah chavo you know, ddp you know, a couple of other bits and nice. pieces. yeah i mean i think i think there's gonna be some good stuff on it hopefully anyway jericho benoit yeah exactly that could be really good as well it's a little sleeper match isn't it yeah let's uh let's let's see what happens with old uh Wooden Top won. Lord Wooden Top's not happy that he's a uh, jump ship. Uh, see what what's what side he's on. Let's see. Obviously, we're uh, we're on Twitter. If you want to interact with us, we are at Adjective Pod. Message us. You know, uh, get in with the discussion. Ask us a question. A comment. Likes are always nice. You know, likes on Spotify are always nice. If you want to give us a a five mm. star, it certainly helps with the podcast. Um, Anything but four's a bonus. The melts are logic, but you know we prefer five. But uh, just saying, um, you know uh, we just want to grow the podcast, and you know hopefully people like it. We've got a, got a nice little sort of core of uh, people who seem to like what we're doing, which is really nice. Even though we do knock out more in jokes than you can shake a stick at. Um, so next week fall brawl, we're also looking at doing some uh, bonus stuff in the pipeline soon older and also more current so uh keep keep your eyes peeled for that as they say um is there any further business my friend no nothing to report okay well in that case i'll say those uh horrendous two words dicky slater see you later the preceding podcast gimmick it was paid for by look at the edges <laughs>